Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 281. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you going? I am going, my friend. Yeah, man. It's it's rock and roll all night long. Oh, man. I don't know if yeah. you can do all night long, Dave. Me? Well, if we say by all night, about 10.35 p.m., maybe 11.05 p.m. if I'm really pushing it, and then sleepy time. You know, sleepy time. Dave needs to cuddle up in bed with his bronze age Superman and uh, on his iPad and, and read about an issue and a half before I fall, fall asleep and just throw the iPad. It was my last act. I sort of throw the iPad down onto the floor and then just collapse. You know, and I wake up the next morning and I'm like, mm, I don't remember reading this story. I'll have to go two pages back. <laughs> I'm like, it's like you when you listen to things when you fall asleep and then you go, I don't remember what I was oh, listening to. I am, I am, I would say I may be the worst in terms of audible usage because I, I have so many audiobooks that I am just crawling through because I put them on, I'm all excited, I'm like, yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to really dig into this tonight. And I swear to God, some of them I'm in the same chapter after a year. And it's only when I, because I fall asleep really easily. I'm one of those people, um, I, unless my back is really hurting, and then I do listen for a long time or podcast for a long time in bed because it takes my mind off the pain. But if my back isn't killing me, I, I am one of those people, as soon as my head's on the pillow and I made the decision, I'm not reading my iPad, I'm not doing anything else, I, I reckon I fall asleep sometimes within 30 seconds. I swear to God. Like... I, I'm like, I, I'm not listening, and then all of a sudden I wake up like six hours later and the thing's still going, and I'm like, what the fuck is this noise? <laughs> what is this noise? And it's the, it's the you know, chapter 27 of The Stand, and I'm way back in chapter 16. <laughs> anyway, well, you know, rock, yeah, it's the yes. same for me, though. Sometimes if I'm listening to an audio book while I'm drawing or something like that, I'll... Yeah sometimes just zone out and realize I haven't been actually listening for like the last half an hour. I'm horrible with audiobooks. Podcasts, I can, I quite enjoy working from, when I'm working from home, which is three days per week, and I'm doing my work. If it's not super heavy concentration work, and probably only about 20% of my job is. So for a lot of the stuff, I, I actually find the, having a podcast on really relaxing and I can work completely fine and have it on. And I'm following enough of it. Every now and then I might go back and if there's a point where I'm, you know, sometimes you, you don't quite hear it. It's something you're interested in. But generally I'm fine. Audiobooks, not a chance in hell. I The only no, way, I've, yeah. I've, what I've done now is I save audiobooks for when I'm traveling. Yeah, so like if I've got a long drive or a no. long train ride, that's when I listen to an audiobook. But now sure. yeah, if I'm drawing, I just put on... Yeah, some podcast. Or, put on Signal, man. Put on Signal. I put on Signal sometimes. I love I it. No, I, can't, I can't stand listening to half the shit I say. Oh, man, I love my stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I put it on and I'm like, oh, yeah, there I am, delivering the hits, Rich responding, <laughs> you know. I put it on just to make sure sometimes that we're in, we're in touch. You know what I'm saying? Like, that we've still got it. And when I put it on, I'm like, yeah, there's passion, there's energy, there's heat. That's fine. These guys I'm, aren't I'm, lazy. I'm Principal Skinner. 
No, it's not me that's lost touch with the kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> the kids, yeah. Anyway, so this week we're doing Predator Big Game. Was it my suggestion? I think it was. It was. It was. So next week is yours. Now, a few announcements. Um, firstly, the new Dread or Dead episode that I recorded with Adam, the computer of Satan's Island, uh, dropped literally today. I uploaded it this morning, recorded it last night, and I uploaded it uh, this morning, so it should be in your feeds by the time you're listening to this show. Uh, so that's the new Dread or Dead, um, and it was a fun one, Rich. Uh, I'd not read it before, and we had a lot of fun. It was only, about, you know, 110 pages, easy read, you know, good artwork, good storyline, and Orlock the Assassin, Rich, is in it. You remember Orlock from Apocalypse War and Blockmania, the Russian assassin? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's the eventual one where they capture him and, and actually put him on trial and spoilers kill him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, he, he comes into the storyline, kind of spoiling it for those who haven't read it, but, you know, it's been out for, like, 20 years. And, um, yeah, and, like, he comes halfway into this other story, basically a big floating sort of Vegas-like sort of palace thing uh, is moored outside Mega City 1 and, you know, it's like a tourist thing and people come over and, of course, Red's over there and there's terrorists there and Orlok gets involved. It's a, Yeah, it's a good story, man. And actually it's something really cool. You know Rogue Trooper, the genetic infantryman, the GIs? Mm-hmm. So they did do a really kind of... Sh- pretty crap crossover between Rogue Trooper when it was Friday and Judge Dredd. It's not a great issue, but it it, it did happen. Anyway, in this storyline, they kind of had genetic infantry, which was sort of like roided up judges, which were sort of like the shock troopers, and and they're actually used in this storyline really well. I really enjoyed them. They were almost a bit like Space Marine-like from Warhammer. Um, and I really dug them. I thought it was cool, but I, I did the Wikipedia after uh, the show, and sadly, I don't think they've really made much of an appearance in Dread ever since, but I like the idea. Do you like the idea of kind of like roided up judges used as shock troops, Rich? Yeah. I, I dig it, man. I thought it was damn cool, and they were real guns blazing kind of types, and yeah, it was it was fun. You know, it was one of those fun ideas that John Wagner had, and They've kind of, you know, it's kind of kicking up dust. So we've Dread or Dead, check it out. Um, also, this week, Chuck Dixon is coming back on the show. And Rich, I have quite the list of questions for Chuck. I think it's going to be one of our best interviews with Chuck. Uh, we love Chuck on Signal of Doom. I mean, he's our sounder to open up the show, the intro. And uh, yeah, so he's coming back on. So that's a lot of excitement for that. Um, Rich, yeah, you're going to be there. You've got some questions. Uh, you ready to roll? Sure, I'll think of something. Yeah, come on, man. You know, guys had a great career, and you can throw him a few curveballs if you want. Michael Kellershim has typed in with probably the best list of questions I've ever seen. Um, so that'll be fun. So that'll be out later this week. It'll be, I'll, it'll, by the time we record the next show, we will have done it. So I'll put, I'll probably put Chuck's interview out during the week. Um, and then, of course, we'll have the next show. But anyway, um, what has been going on in your life, Rich, since we last spoke? Uh, not much. <laughs> really, Rich? You never come up. You never. What? Nothing happened during the week. Was there anything like? Was there like loose women, fast women, drugs, rock and roll? What's going on in the solo life? You know, in the fortress. No, nothing. Nothing like oh, that. Man, really. <laughs> 
I've what? been forced to read some terrible things and watch some terrible shows. Oh, dear. Uh, but I mean, but is I that mean, my fault? That. <laughs> is that my fault? It could be. Oh, dear. <laughs> so just me making a life of misery, Rich. I, um, I installed Shredder's Revenge on my Xbox One, actually. That's one thing I did. And I was playing a bit of Assassin's Creed Black Flag because I got all excited about Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um which, of course, there's actually... We've got a news item about that uh, coming this week, which um, it's, it's, it's like they're going to... They've got a... They've got a um, uh, Ubisoft have some sort of a conference that I think is going to be this week, so hopefully by next show we should have some more details on Assassin's Creed Mirage. I think, they, I think it was like um, September... Uh, like this week, I think there's going to be more details of the show, so... Um, as you know, Rich, I'm I'm all in it. I'm totally involved in this Assassin's Creed Mirage. I'll, I'll list out what... Okay, so, all right. Ubisoft are poised to unveil several new Assassin's Creed titles at Ubisoft Forward. That event is set to take place this Saturday on September 10th, so tomorrow. Uh, the first is Assassin's Creed Mirage, which will see players whisked off to Baghdad to play as Bazim, who first appeared in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, people will remember them as he's like the apprentice or, you know, the acolyte of the main assassin guy um, in the village. Um, he's kind of the guy who gives out all the little quests and stuff and the rewards. Uh, Assassin's Creed Project Red and Assassin's Creed Project Hex are also said to be revealed, although these are unlikely to be official titles. The former is said to be set in Japan, Japan while the latter is set during the witch hunt era of 16th century Europe. That sounds pretty cool. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, says Mirage. The game is set to follow a young Bazim as he works his way through 9th century Baghdad. Uh, this official description reads, Experience the story of Bazim, a cunning street thief seeking answers and justice as he navigates the bustling streets of 9th century Baghdad. Through a mysterious ancient organisation known as the Hidden Ones, he will become a deadly master assassin and change his fate in ways he never could have imagined. Experience a modern take on the iconic features of gameplay, blah, blah, blah. You know, parkour seamlessly through the city, stealthily take down targets with more visceral assassinations than ever before, um, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Um, if you already own the PS4 version of the game, you can get the PS5 version at no extra cost. Um... So that's that. So Baghdad, Rich, uh, is, the, is the new locale. Um, is it going to be enough to turn you around, turn you into a believer? No, I, I completely agree with you. Blah, 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 blah. What do you mean by that? Like, dude, it's, it's one of the biggest franchises in the world for a reason, man. You know, like, you ignore it at your peril, man. Like, I, I'm excited, dude. Like, bring me back to Baghdad, where it all began, man, in the streets. You know, like... You know, and but the only part that I don't like is they're like, oh, this one's all about stealth. I loved Valhalla where you were charging in as a Viking. You know, I love that shit, man. That was great. There wasn't, there was stealth, but you didn't need that. But like a lot of it was actual just fighting in Valhalla. Like it was more like raiding and stuff a lot of the time. It wasn't so much stealth. There, there was some stealthy moments, but a lot of the time the Viking guy was just a full-on bloodthirsty kind of rampaging Viking, which I dug, you know? What do you say? Yeah, man. I mean, come on, dude. Like, we're all descended from them. What have you got? Yeah, from South Africa. Where is your lineage from? Scottish? 
you know, or what uh, is it? Uh, half, half Scottish, half Dutch. Okay. Well, I'm pretty confident the Vikings would have gone to Holland, man. They would have gone straight through Holland in a heartbeat, man. Through the, you know, the dikes or whatever was there. <laughs> and um, they definitely went into Scotland, man. Definitely went into Scotland. Okay. That should matter to me because... Well, I'm saying their heritage could be there, dude. They made a video game about it? What's that? Because they made a video game about it? I should care? I don't know, man. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just saying it could be some pretty cool stuff if you got involved. But um, anyway, so that was that was, that was was me just forcing some Assassin's Creed news into, into the program. <laughs> well, hey, someone, someone's got to talk about that game because no one enjoyed it, so it's fine. Well, it's not even out yet. What are you talking about? Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's not out yet, man. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is very well reviewed, dude. It did very well. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, I guarantee you, we, we go on Metacritic, it'd have a score in the 70s, for sure. For sure. I almost, I guarantee it. Uh, I'll do it while we're talking. But anyway, other than that, I have been lost in the Bronze Age. Bronze Age Superman has consumed my life. Um, I'm back on it. Uh, I just find this Kerry Bates, Elliot S. Magan period, just fantastic, Rich. And I, I just wonder if they could just tap into that. You know what I mean? Back into that era. Apply a modern lens to that era. Uh, it just felt like the supporting cast, It was everything was just sort of working. You know what I mean? Like It was like a sitcom that was well-established. Everyone was chipping in. Like Steve Lombard, he had Lois Lane, he had Morgan Edge, etc., etc. Perry White, it, you know, I just, you know, do you feel that that was a highlight, a high era of Superman, as I always talk about it, Rich? Oh yeah, I, I, if I was you, I wouldn't give them more ideas to ruin yeah. classic stuff. So, yeah, well, it just feels like, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm loving it. And what I also love is it's a long period of time. So, like, it, you could say Bronze Age Superman basically starts around the time Diddy O'Neill wrote Kryptonite Nevermore in 1970. He then leaves after not that long a run. Very influential. But but then it passes to Kerry Bates, to Elias S. Magan. Um, you later had your Jerry Conways, uh, Marty Pascal, different people. But, like, it's such a solid foundation that he's laid in these times and i want to get elliot s maggot on the show man i'm i'm determined to get him i'm gonna i'm gonna comb the internet to find out how to get him because kerry bates apparently is is like uh, maybe not reclusive is not the right word but very private uh and doesn't do shows and stuff but elliot s maggot i've seen him on a few things and like if i could get him on man i just feel like we could talk for hours dude you know like you know this guy laid a foundation that you wouldn't believe so um, that's one of my goals, Rich, to get on, um, to get to get that. You know what I wish? I wish Chuck had written like a lot more Superman because then we could talk, you know, more Superman with him. But unfortunately, he 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 wrote Superman versus Predator and, and really didn't get his hands on the Superman stuff because he was a Batman guy, you know, when he was working at DC. Um, but can you think of any Superman creators that are alive? Obviously, not. You know, there's many who are dead. Can you think of anyone that I should be targeting, Rich, to get on the show other than Elliot S. Magan? Uh, What's that? I'm just trying to think now. Um, I mean, Dan Jurgens had a pretty good run. Yeah, yeah. Um, character. He did. Um, he did. That's true. Um, 
he's probably gettable too, Dan Jurgens, you know, like when you think about it. Like, he does podcasts and stuff. And, and you know what? It'd be fun to get him because he did a lot of that 90s era kind of thing. Like, he was all over Death and Return of Superman. So that would actually be a... F- yeah, you know what? I'm going to add Dan Jurgens to the list because I, I, I just think he did a lot of stuff over that era and you could talk to him about Booster Gold, Rich. You know? Because, mm. you know, he did he created Booster Gold, didn't he? Pretty confident he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. I'm sorry. I'm just uh, as you as you're talking. I'm just trying to think of of you know. I mean, obviously John Byrne, but I mean, <laughs> that's that's like trying to get uh, Santa Claus on your. You know who I would really love to get. Um, one of my all time goals would be to get Roger Stern because it's Spider Man and Superman. You know, and mm. I consider Roger Stern like one of my. He's one of my all time favorite writers. Um, if we could get Roger Stern, I would be absolutely thrilled. And you know what? I We do have contacts with people who do know him and stuff, but again, I don't think he does a lot of interviews. He's done a few. Well, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's also the problem is obviously it's not about like, oh, who should we get? It's like, well, who who's who's there that, that well, would do Rogers Roger Stern does do the occasional one. You know, um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility, but he would be a long shot. But, uh, you know, like... And Jeff Loeb, Jeff Loeb's another good one. Yeah, I'd love to get Jeff Loeb. Jeff Loeb would be great. Like, there's so much stuff you could talk to him about. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I'll I'll, I'll keep uh, my... my um... just, not, just not Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Bendis. Oh, Jerry Ordway. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Jerry Ordway would be good, wouldn't he? He did a lot of Superman, didn't he? Art as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, oh, Jerry, Jerry Ordway is per, uh, personally, uh, uh, modern wise, is my favorite uh, Superman artist. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, John Byrne's up there. Sure. But Jerry Ordway's is almost like a better realistic version of, of uh, uh, Kurt Swan. Yeah, Kurt Swan's my favorite. Let me look. You know just, what I mean? Like, Kurt Swan's is brilliant, but it's like Jerry Ordway does a much more detailed. Like even better version. I'm typing in it's, now. Jerry Ordway Superman. Let me let me have a look at let me let me be the judge of this. I know he's good. Yeah, that's very good. What I'm saying, he's very good, very good. It's classic looking. Like yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. It's like he he's taken Kurt Swan's sort of yeah uh, yeah he has and, and modernized him. Yeah, no, he's. I'm looking at one here. Adventures of Superman uh-huh, 424 with Superman with the eagle landing on him. Mm-hmm. It looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks really classic. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, he's a great artist. He did the famous Exile in Space picture, didn't he? That's him, yeah, mm-hmm. with Superman flying into space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no, Jerry Ordway. I, I'd love to get Jerry Ordway on there. Super nice guy, actually, too. Um, I listened to a show that he, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the guy who runs Terrific on Mitch Halligan um, has Jerry Ordway's, like, his buddy and, like, his regular like where, you know, podcast partners and stuff, or whatever you call it, co-hosts, that's Jerry Ordway's his co-host, and he's really nice, really chilled out, like older guy, just a really smart, kind of switched on, chilled out person. So, yeah, he'd be good to have on because, you know, you want to get the right kind of people sometimes because we've had good luck with people we've had on the show because they generally, you know, they're generally into it, they want to chat, um have great conversations so you want to get people on who you know have a story to tell so yeah okay uh jerry ordway you actually you write a list rich so write jerry ordway down write roger stern down and dan jurgens down 
write that list into this week's show notes, and and, and I'll and I'll, I'll I'll move those mountains, man. Anyone else you can think of, Rich? No Bendis. We don't need Bendis. No Bendis. No Tom King. Why? Well, look, there's a lot of bad ones. Yeah, no, I, 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 no, I, I just I can't be bothered with them too. I just can't be bothered with the guys who are just so fucking picky when you're talking to them. You're like, you know what, pal? I don't want you that much. Like, I was, you know, I was kind of being polite. You know, like, I, I like having a good conversation with good people. Like, that's that's kind of my cup, cup of tea. I don't want to get Bendis on there and we start arguing. You know, not, not my idea of a good time. Um, now, I have a new game, Richard. We were light on news for the show this week, and as I was walking, Michelle... Um, with Michelle around the block with the dog today, I said I've got a new game for Signal of Doom. Her eyes pretty much rolled over, glazed through pure boredom, but I persisted. I said the thing is, we're gonna each of us are gonna decide on a a, a TV show or movie, okay, of any kind, and then the person has ten questions to get to that. Like, so you have 10 guesses and you can ask for, you know, all different things other than saying, what is the name of the show? Um, you know, I'll be the kind of referee on the questions, but basically you have 10 questions to get the identity of it kind of thing. And um, you could do 10 guesses of just the show name, you know, but like you'd be wiser to try to pin it down. So I'm going to keep a log. Uh, to see, so if you, if Richard, you pick the one I have, if you get it within 10 questions, I, I'll award your point and that'll go towards the scores. And each week I'll keep the scores updated. So if we, if we both picked each other's, we'd be on one all. Okay. And we'll let it run and we'll see how we go and we'll decide on some sort of a prize, you know, whatever that will be. We might have, we might turn it into a Patreon thing where patrons can actually, actually, here's a good idea. If you're a patron of the show, you can actually uh, suggest um, titles, you know, for for me, for you to guess, Rich, because I handle all the social media, because it would be unfair if they said, oh, we want Rich to do Air Force One. And I'm like, well, I know it's Air Force One because I send the Patreon feed. So we'll do that as well. Patrons can email in, okay, and can... Re- and can so if you join the Patreon feed for as little as $1 per month... You can you can get into this competition, okay? But just to start it off, this is just round one. Obviously, I haven't spent like hours working out the rules. You know, I've kind of come on the fly. They kind of came to me. It was kind of like a fever dream style thing, Rich. Um, so, who wants to go first? Do you, do you? And here's the other part that I thought would make it more fun. So, at any point in the show, that the either party can can decide like. I'm ready to I'm ready to go, and you can either decide to, that you're ready to guess my, uh, you know, movie or TV show, or I'm ready to guess yours. So it's kind of a thing. So at a certain point in the show, you can you can pull the trigger and say, you know, so maybe you think I'm tiring, I'm getting kind of woozy with my comments, and you think now's the perfect time to get Dave trying to get my questions, and he'll be too stupid, you know. So anyway, let's do round one now. Rich, do you want to start guessing mine, or would you prefer me to guess yours? Because I, I don't care. I'll I'll start guessing yours because you okay. you won't guess mine, so it's fine. Yeah, I feel pretty dumb tonight, so I doubt I will. Okay, so there's an honor system here where obviously you know we're not playing for fucking cheap stations, people. So Rich and I are using an honor system where okay, so I've got I've got something in my mind. So 
go ahead with question one. All right. So obviously, first question: TV or movie? TV. TV. Okay. Uh, what decade did this TV show? Nineteen sixties. Sixties. Yes. Uh, is it black and white or color? It is. It is black and white. Yeah. <laughs> and some shows went from black and white to color, but this is just black and white. Okay. Um, uh, how many seasons did it go for? I believe four. Yeah, four. Mm. That's four questions. Uh, is the main actor famous for a lot of things or just for this TV show? Okay. Uh, he is. This is his signature show. He did have other hits in the time period, but th this is what he would be remembered for pretty much by most people. So this is his signature. Signature, and so you've already answered that it's a man. Yeah. And, and if you, and as well, if people in the thing, if people are like me, are dumb enough to give more information, that's just too bad. You know, like, it's all usable for, for Rich. I mean, I, I couldn't, I, I'm, you wouldn't be so, surely you wouldn't pick the most obvious choice. What's that, man? Um, You've had five not, questions so far. So yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to If guess. you guess it's counted as a question. Um, I think that's oh. I'm just trying to think if maybe you're trying to trick me. <laughs> Cuz obviously I already you know what, it down fairly well. I I already know what your favorite what your most favorite like black and white TV shows back in the day was. <laughs> but would you would you honestly pick that is? <laughs> the question um you can ask other questions I guess, look i guess i guess i can risk it since i've got five more to go yeah What's i'm it? gonna say the fugitive correct well done rich <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> well i'm starting oh, the competition i'm starting the competition oh, I know, but i thought no man i thought you would have tried to trick me you kind of be like no. i'm gonna no, i'm gonna no, go no. for something black and white but it's not fugitive and i'm gonna get richard against the no fugitive. no no i wanted to start out with something easy like you know oh well and... i've got the opposite mate <laughs> yeah well yeah i'm i'm you know i want to i want to throw you a um, softball you know so does that me guessing it does that mean i got it in five or i got it in six well, you got in six because you got on the sixth question. Well, that's not a question, but okay. No. Well, but I mean, if I get it right, surely that shouldn't count as a question, only if you get it wrong. Okay. I don't really care. I don't know. I'm just trying um, to figure out the rules. We're yeah, making the okay. rules up as we go along. All right, fine. That's fine. Yeah, you got in five. Okay. Yeah, okay. So at the end of five, but if you'd said the fugitive and it wasn't the fugitive, then it would count as a question. It would be the sixth question and you'd be on. Yeah, okay. And, yeah. But, but you can't just sit because. Okay, because he, I'll do this example. He, just say it wasn't the fugitive. And you said the fugitive. And I was like, no. And then you were like, okay, Dr. Kildare. And I was like, no. Then he'd be on to your eighth one because you'd have been on the sixth and the yeah. seventh. Yeah? Got it? All right. Fine. Okay, so I'll do yours now. So is it a movie or TV show? Movie. Movie. Okay. Um, uh, what decade was the movie released? What did you say? 80s. 80s, okay. 
Uh, name the top star in the movie. Oh, you can actually do that. You can ask the name of the actor. Okay. Uh, Jeffrey Coombs. Who? Jeffrey Coombs. Never heard of this person in my life. Um, oh. Right. Okay. Uh, what genre? Uh, horror. Oh, Jesus. My weakest area. Um, <laughs> name the director. Who's the director of this movie? Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon, did you say? Mm. Okay. Um, did you say 80s? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, God. I'm so fucking lost. Um, okay. Um, and you said horror, yeah? Mm-hmm. Is it like slasher horror? No. Oh. Jesus. Uh, I'm going to guess. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Reanimator? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to have to do the rules where you can't ask the actors' names. Okay. All right. Because then you can just Google it. Okay. Well, that's why I was on his IMDb. Okay. All right. Okay, well, fine. Uh, yeah, okay, so the new rule will be, can you ask director? No. Not even director? Oh, come on. We should be able to ask director. That's not that. No, because the director can give it away as well. I suppose. You can ask, like, has the director okay. done a lot of stuff? Is a famous director? Have they had a lot of hits? You can ask stuff like that, but I don't think you can ask, like, who's the actor? Okay, so you can't ask literal names of the stars or director. No, well, that's why with my okay. question I said, is the actor known for anything other than the show? Like, because I didn't want to actually ask. Would you – was my answer fine? I mean, David Jansen did do a lot of other stuff, but he's mostly known for that. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, fine. Okay, well, we're, we've both got a point, but I think you've come up with a good rule because I guarantee you I never would have got Reanimator in my life. I don't think I've even seen the movie. Um, and I don't even know who Jeffrey Combs is. So The you... fact that you don't know who Jeffrey Combs is is disgusting. Is it really? That is disgusting. He's like <laughs> one of the biggest, like, um, I don't, I've never, I've never heard in the world. Is he? What's mm. he been in other than this? Uh, like... he, well, uh, he does the voice of the question in. Um, oh, Batman. Um, Batman. No, no, in the Justice League. Okay. Uh, he's had multiple appearances on Star Trek. Has he? Um, yeah, um, he's done Star Trek Next Generation. He's done Star Trek uh, Enterprise. He's in a lot of shit. I'm looking at him. He, he does the voice work as well. A lot of voice yeah, he's work. even he's even in a movie which we should actually watch for um, cinema. For cinema, it's basically a Doctor Strange ripoff. Okay. Um, I think it's called Doctor Doctor Mordro, Doctor okay. Mordru, or something like that. Does a lot of voice work. Does a lot of voice work. Oh, he does a lot of, of everything. A lot of horror. He was even in that really funny movie with um, Michael J. Fox, one of his last movies, The Frighteners. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Okay. All right. I'm just not familiar with him. The name rings a bell. I have heard the name before, but I, I, I just haven't really crossed paths with him. Like I wouldn't even know who he is. Well, okay. Well, you picked a hard one, man. Like, gee, I picked a real easy one just to get the 
party going and Rich has come in with the fucking ring. Well, it depends. I mean, if, put it this way, if you, I mean, he's done so much, so it's not really that hard. It's not like I went for some obscure actor who's barely (laughs) done anything. Come on. (laughs) No, he has done a lot of stuff. Um, All right, so that was my new game. We're going to come up with a a title for the game next week, but so far it's Dave's Untitled New Game. So if you come up with any, you know, ideas for naming this, Rich, you know, Dave's Cavalcade of Stars. Um, uh, Dave's uh, Don't Guess the Fugitive. <laughs> I thought it was funny that I guessed that I made the Fugitive my favourite one. I was like, I thought of a few other things, but I was like, I'm going to do the Fugitive. Maybe which one get it. And I was like, but I wasn't too confident. Well, you, you, I kind of guessed it like after the the third question, and then I was just like, no, he can't. No, he couldn't possibly. He's trying to trick me. I like talked when, myself into believing that you were trying to trick me. When you were like, is it black and white or color? I was like, black and white. <laughs> I was like, black and white sixties. <laughs> it was really starting to sound pretty obvious by that point. I thought you were going to ask me who's at Star. I was like, David Jansen. <laughs> no, we've got to make a rule that you can't ask for names. All right, fine. Okay. Uh, now, I watched... I had a I had a leave day today. Um, after I came back from a massage, because uh, I had a really bad back and hip this week, um, and I have actually have no pain in my body while I'm talking to you, which is very rare, as you know. You've known me for a long time. It's not often I say I have no pain. Um, I mean, you always. Do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, I watched Injustice because it was on HBO Max, and I didn't even realize it was out. Actually, I'm so stupid. Like, I knew this movie was a thing. I just, I guess, I saw the animation. I was like, "Well, this looks all right." Um, have you seen this movie, Rich? I, I thought it was pretty cool. It's based on the game, you know, the story of the game where Superman goes evil. Have you heard of the game? What's that, Rich? I, I think kick, I used to kick your ass in the game. In Injustice, did you? Yeah. Jesus really? Christ, have I, have I beaten you in that many games? Are you starting to block yes. it out of your your mind? You're a much better fighting game person than me, from memory. Like you've, yeah, you, I remember you used to annihilate me in DC versus Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that is starting to ring a bell. You were pretty good at this game. But anyway, so the story of the game, for those who don't know, pretty much the premise is Superman goes evil because... Well, uh, an alternative Superman. A a parallel Earth Superman. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like an Elseworlds. Um, And Superman... uh, Lois is killed by the Joker, basically. And, in fact, in this movie, he actually kills Lois, but under the control of the joker like through the um a mixture of kryptonite and the scarecrow's fear toxin and then superman just goes completely over the edge um i gotta be honest i thought it was a pretty entertaining film i i really i don't know why people were complaining about it so much i mean it's an elseworlds this isn't the regular superman i know i know connor at last time's a krypton he's won a thousand percent against it uh, he thinks it. I, sorry, go ahead, Rich. I think the problem. I think the problem, Dave, is that it's not. It's not the the idea. It's the amount of times the idea has been regurgitated. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's been so many elsewhere, so many stories of like an evil Superman, Superman turning evil, that it's just become. Sure. It's become ho hum. It's become oh god, here we go again. Like, but this one was more brutal, man. Like heaps of people died in this. Like Flash gets killed. 
um, Green Arrow. Like, the I, death count piles up, man. Yeah, I didn't mind the game because at least you got to play as proper Superman mm. against bad Superman. But, I mean, um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it. look, it, it has been done to death. The whole always, like, Superman being controlled or mm. turned evil or whatever, it is It is done to death. That I, I can't understand why people are like, oh, just here we go. Well, it's very popular, though, apparently. The the comic book series by Tom Taylor was a bestseller. And um, so, anyway, in, in the storyline, it did have some really cool stuff, which I wanted to... Because I actually went in with very low expectations because I'd heard a few people saying it was, like, so bad and, like, you know, like were, like, sort of clawing their hair out. And I was like, how bad can this be? It looked all right from the preview. So, the age Joker, they had kind of the... You remember in the uh, Killing Joke, the one where they did it animated, the Joker was kind of older, you know, when he beats the shit out of Robin with the crowbar. They had that kind mm-hmm. of style of Joker where he looks a bit older. I thought that was good. Uh, hero Harley was fun. You know, I love my Harley Quinn, and Harley Quinn's kind of a hero in this. Um, she's kind of fun. There's a good moment where she beats uh, Green Arrow over the head with her, with her um, you know, her not a bat, like a mallet, but she's got the squishy mallet. <laughs> so it just goes squish rather than splat, the splat mallet, which is a hard mallet. So that was fun. Um, so Hero Harley was, was was a fun touch. I thought she was a good comedic sort of foiling. What well, was a pretty dark uh, movie, actually. Um, it was actually surprisingly dark. Um, the Nightwing dead man twist was a nice touch. So Nightwing gets killed by Damien. Um, and he turns in a dead man, which was, I thought, a pretty interesting touch. Um, then we had, um, how do you say his name? Is it Amazo? The, you know, the robot killer android mm. thing? Yeah. Okay. So, Ra's Ghoul teams up with Superman, and he brings him Amazo, who is just out and out, just full-on evil. Like, he's literally killing people for littering and stuff. Because this Superman, for those who don't know, runs like a really repressive, like, police state regime supported by Wonder Woman. Um, and then Amazo just takes it to the next level. And, like, Amazo's killing civilians and cops and everything. And I was reminded that time I went to one of the comic cons and they had the guy from Millennium, the guy from Alien, you know, the cyborg guy, Lance Henriksen. Is that his name? Um, uh, you know the guy I'm talking about? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was giving a presentation, and I remember him saying, "We're going through a dark cycle." That's what he said. It was looking at some trailer of some movie that was pretty grim, and I was like, "Man, yeah, this is a dark kind of movie. Like the animation isn't sort of dark, so, but what happens in it is like heaps of heroes get killed, like brutally killed. Like Adam buys it big time. Uh, Green Arrow gets blasted with heat vision. You know." Lots of people die in this in fairly gruesome ways um, that you wouldn't normally see. And for an Elseworlds, it was cool. The real Superman does turn up in it, though, Rich, in the final act. The real Superman, the Earth-1 Superman, like, he, he shows up, man. And so you get to see the, you know, the naughty Superman versus the proper Superman. So does that make you feel better that the real guy did turn up? Don't have any feelings either way about the movie. Really? Oh well, okay. So you're not, you have you seen it? No, I played the game, so okay. I already know the story. Okay. Well, you know, so at the end they um sort of they beat like the baddie, and then Lois comes in, 
from an alternate Earth. She's pregnant, and she says her Superman died fighting Brainiac, um, but she kind of talks him off the ledge, and then he agrees to be put in a Red Sun jail and let out when needed and um, and flies off with Wonder Woman. He actually flies off at the end. Like, they don't actually capture him. He flies off with Wonder Woman, who has aided him throughout the whole thing. I did think the interesting treatment of Wonder Woman, who is very much on his side, but not when she sees him killing the kids. She's, like, shocked by that. Um, other than that, though, she pretty much... She loves what he's doing. Like, she's right down for the whole police state thing. Um, which was an interesting portrayal of Wonder Woman. I know she's been done very liberal. She's been done very militaristic. So she's been done all segments of the personality chart. But this Wonder Woman, she had no problems with the police state that Superman was imposing around the world. The only time she showed any reluctance was when she saw the video of him killing the kids, the Joker kids, um, who were in the Joker paraphernalia. That was the one time that she showed any sort of, like, uh, sort of regret over her role or even just questioning him is what she actually did. So, interesting. And, she, yeah, it was, I mean, I mean, I'd give it, like, I'd give it 8 out of 10. I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, and I, I think sometimes when you come into something with low expectations and then you're like, oh, wow, this is a lot better than I expected. You know, animation was good. Obviously, they could put more money into the animation. The animation could always look better, I feel, than it actually does. But the animation, by its DC standards in recent years, was pretty good. I'm not going to go crazy about the animation, but I thought the story beats were good. Good usage of Plastic Man as well. He was used well. Sparingly, but well. Batman was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I dug it, man. I dug it. Have you seen many of these uh, animated movies? No, I've stopped watching uh, DC animated movies. Why? Because of the animation? Oh, yeah. Well, this one wasn't too bad. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think this is the same people that did um, <clears throat> the Mortal Kombat stuff. But, yes, um, it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. As I said, I've played the game, so, I mean, I, I don't really need to relive the same story. Mm. Uh, you enjoyed the Mortal Kombat ones, though, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The model will come with the fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. All right, so similar animation style and uh, from the same animation studio, and I, I enjoyed it. Now, we had a blast back, a flashback uh, today, Michelle and I, because um, she was she was home from, uh, she'd been in the hospital this week. Um, we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990 movie, Rich. We took it all the way back there. Mm. It was on Netflix, and we just threw it on. And, and I've been pushing for the Turtles to be on for a while, and that was a trip down memory lane, man. You know, and that movie is a lot of fun. Can I, can I say that? Like, and I do think that it's a really good achievement from the Jim Henson studio to make the Turtle suits look so much like the comics, you know? Like, those Turtle suits in that movie work for me so much better than the ones in the Michael Bay movies, you know? Uh, well, the Michael Bay one are not suits. They're completely CGI. Yeah, but they just look so much better in the 1991, man. Like, as opposed to the... I didn't think the the, the CGI in the Michael Bay looked good at all. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the CGI turtles in the Michael Bay, except for what they were wearing. Mm. What was that? Well, just junk. They were just like... 
um, you know, I get. I mean, the CGI is not perfect. I definitely agree with you. I prefer the animatronic guys in the suits. But I think what made the Michael Bay ones worse was the sh- the gear that they were wearing. Like yeah. you know, um, like they were all just wearing garbage and crap and stuff that they found in the sewers. And I was kind of like, I get it, but it doesn't have to be realistic because you're fucking dealing with turtles for God's sakes. Like you know, it's so weird to me when people draw the line. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they're like, oh, you know, it's CGI shoulder, but we want to make it more believable by having them wear junk they that they fashion from the sewers. And it's like, junk? why? Why do you have to draw the line there at like, yeah, that's to stupid. make something plausible? For fuck's sake, it's it's turtles. Now I'll say this: Bebop and Rocksteady looked fucking really good in the second movie, though. Mm, I did. I agree. I agree. And I I felt that in some ways. Uh, yeah, they kind of almost redeem it a little bit, you know. Like they, I watched both. Of oh, them and Krang looked good too. Uh, yeah. The second movie, it's not a great story, but geez, it was. They did a really good Krang, and they did a really good Bebop and Rocksteady. So, mm. Bebop and Rocksteady, man, there's two blasts from the past, and it made me want to dig out. Um, I when COVID started, I I got the complete Transformers, the complete He Man, and the complete Turtles. And um, it made me want to dig into the Red Skies Turtles. Have you heard of this, Rich? This period of Turtles? You mean the animation? Yeah, yeah, the animated series. In the the later seasons, they had the Red Sky backgrounds and they Mm -hmm. went kind of in a darker direction. And Uh, that's also, I think, where the animation was the worst. Oh, dear. Really? (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm going to check it out just for fun anyway. I've got the complete series on DVD, so... You know, it, it's it's cost me nothing more. Throw it on. No, of course. Check it out. You know, it, and it was in response. I, I would to still, the... I would still rather watch that where the animation got a bit cheaper than the shit today. Uh, the shit yeah. animation today. So. Oh my God! How bad does the current turtle thing look? Jesus. Oh yeah, God no! I, I won't. I can't watch that. No, neither can I. And I know their their defense is like oh, we're aiming at squirrely at kids. It's like great, but I it still sucks. It looks like it's shit. I... Yeah, but they're also kind of more basing it on the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles as well. Great. Yeah, no thanks. No thank you. No thank you. Now, um, speaking of Mortal Kombat, I haven't had a chance to watch Scorpion's Revenge, but I do have that and the second one queued up on HBO Max. What would you give them out of 10, Rich, those two movies? Um, 7.58. Okay. All right. So that's pretty high. That's pretty damn high. I can't um, remember which is which one gets the seven point five, which one gets the eight, but it's one of those. Okay, um, Peter Straub, the acclaimed author of horror novels, uh, has died at seventy nine. He co-wrote The Talisman with Stephen King, which is one of my all time favorite books. I love that book, The Talisman. Have you read any Peter Straub uh, in your life, Rich? No, I have seen the uh, the I think the Talisman movie. Did they make a movie of it? I'm not sure they made a movie of it, Rich. I think. I don't think so. There, there is talk of a TV series being made, but I, I'm typing it into Google now. But I've, I've never heard that they made a movie of it. I'd love to see it if they did. Um, what was the Dreamcatcher that I'm thinking of? Dreamcatcher, they did make a movie of. If I'm, if uh, I, if I'm remembering right. correctly, yeah. Oh, I, you, you, you could be right. The Talisman movie. Let's have a look here. Um, no, there's a TV. No, there's, no. There's, there is a movie called Talisman, but it's not based on Stephen King. Mm. There is a Netflix series that is in development. Um, no, Netflix. I'm probably thinking of Dreamcatcher. Okay, cool. Yeah, Dreamcatcher, Talisman, very similar. All right. Yeah, but the, the, the producers of Stranger Things uh, are doing for Netflix the Talisman as a, um, a live-action program. So 
it is a really good story. It is like honestly, uh, one of my all time. It's kind of fantasy, but mixed with real world. So realistic fantasy, for want of a better term. Um, and it's about like um, uh, sort of separate worlds, like like this guy goes from one world to the other, like travels between them and stuff. Like it's a really really good story. I I I read it on a road trip like back in the 80s, and from it was a big, thick book, devoured it. And I always remember Peter Stray did a sequel, which was just, like, not good at all, like, many years later, called Black House, which just was just not... You know when someone does a sequel and it's like, that didn't need a sequel? Like, mm-hmm. you know... You That's have, a lot of things, Dave. Yeah, no, it is. And it was like, they didn't do any justice to it either, right? I was so disappointed um, by the sequel. But but that said, I love the original um the original storyline, and I'm very much looking forward to. So, R.I.P. Peter Straub, um, and also, Rich, um, this week the Queen died. And how weird is it that Prince Charles is now King Charles? Um, just doesn't. Well, he's, been, he's been waiting his whole life for that. He has. It's been a long haul for Prince Charles. And yeah, I saw King Charles today. Uh, you know, it was mentioned. I was like, wow, King Charles! Like he's really stepped up finally. And um, yes, yeah, so R.I.P. to the Queen as well. Now, this was funny. Um, Dale Keown, uh, the very acclaimed Hulk artist, Rich, you're aware of him? I am indeed. Yep. And he was, it was pretty funny. He was doing a YouTube, like a, a YouTube live thing and he fell asleep. Um, so this is thing, uh, he just launched his first live video where he talks to fans and as of writing that is over four, five hours long. Uh, however, for the last four hours and 20 minutes, he hasn't had as much to say. He seems to have fallen asleep or passed out, but the video has kept running. He is still stirring and breathing and occasionally moves position, so that's good. This is reported from Bleeding Cool. Um, so he literally fell asleep. I think he was drinking as well, so I think he had a few, you know, and was kind of like ranting and raving and, you know, you know what these guys are like. He's calling, he's calling some pretty hard, hard, he's doing some pretty hot takes on stuff. And uh, we've all been there. And well, then, again, you know, another. Well, I don't. I, I can't blame them. You know, dr- uh, having a bit of a drink and ranting and raving. It's another talented artist just thrown to the wayside. Yeah. Why? Why though? I mean, this is to me a serious talent from what I've seen of his Hulk. He doesn't have the right politics, though. Is it one of these like really like again one of the cancel culture kind of thing? Is it? Yeah, just he's not a he's not a really? staunch uh, Democrat or lefty, and so not, he doesn't get he doesn't get work. That's crazy. I mean, his his Hulk is fantastic. Like, um, I mean, his 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 artwork graces a lot of the omnibuses. I think they, they've certainly used a lot of his artwork on Hulk. Oh yeah, I think he's been one of the better Hulk artists yeah. um, over the years for, yeah. for sure. I mean, he, he also did. Yeah. Um, he also did his. He went and did his own thing. I think as well for a while. I think it was called. Is it called the Pit? Yeah, there is something called Pit. I've not read it, but yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, you're right. Um, wow, interesting. So it's just crazy that it's like, oh, he's not left wing enough. Well, not everyone's fucking left wing, you know. Like, well, the problem is, is like you don't even have to be right wing today. You just have to be old fashioned left wing, <laughs> and that's not <laughs> that's not good enough. To, to me, old fashioned left wing is like a communist, isn't it? Like, no, when I say old-fashioned, I'm, I'm talking about just even just from, like, say, 10, 20, 30 years ago where you were maybe a little bit more middle 
Yeah, 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 middle of the road. You know, yeah. um, uh, you know, maybe you leaned left or you were, you know, sure, you know, a more partisan. But now, no, you've got to be either far this way or far that way. There's no, there's no in between anymore. It's craziness. Um, yeah, it's nuts. Like, but the, but that's so. He's what been drummed out? Has he been drummed out of the industry? Really? Is that what's happened? Not, well, I mean. No, I mean, you're not drummed out. You just never get a call anymore. You just right. never offered anything. You never, you know, they're going to come out and say, you're never going to work in this town again. But yeah, what yeah, they yeah. do, you Pretty know, sure. mission stop, um, cover offers stop, you know, interior stop. And next minute, they've just lost your number. But, but like, no one can stop people getting commissions from him. So I imagine that would be his main no, source of I, I meant them commissioning work from him. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It would right. just be like an issue or a cover or. Right, got uh, you. Or, like or, a variant or, cover, or, or of promotional, or pro- yeah. yeah, promotional work, or anything like that. I see. So yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate that. And, uh, and as you say, like, I mean, it is amusing. We're having a laugh that he fell asleep on his lo- on his YouTube live. I mean, that is funny. But yeah, well, I mean, for, to be fair, a lot of these guys are a bit older as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. They all got a bit of Dave in them, you know. Yeah, no, believe you <laughs> me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if I fell asleep doing this at some point. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's crazy that he's been drummed out of the, of the whole Marvel thing when he, as well though, they definitely use his stuff in promotional shit, like a lot, like. Yeah, as I said, he's one of the, he's one of the, not, not the best, but he's one of the best. Like, So Paul. would he, answer me this question, which if you know the answer, like in terms of not just comic books, but like there's a lot of Hulk merchandise, you know how Hulk's always been kind of a pretty popular merchandising thing. In terms of like, I remember back in the day, I had a wallet that was like a Spider-Man wallet. If if that had a Dale Keown Hulk image, would he be picking up a royalty for that of some sort from the merchandising or not? You know, if it's by, if it's his uh, artwork, that I I don't know. I I on I yeah, would or not like be t-shirts and on, stuff like um, that. You know, yeah, I don't know if I just always I, I would assume that you'd get a cut, but whether they do or not, that's another. Yeah, I just wondered, like, you know, or is there a flat fee that they get, you know, for using his image, mate, instead of, it might not be sales, but he might get, like, five grand. You know what I mean? Like, or something. Like, I just I just always wondered that kind of stuff because they do use his his artwork a lot for Hulk. I, and I say that without even that much knowledge, but when, when I Google his, his images just then, some of the stuff that came up, I've seen a lot of it, you know? Oh, um, yeah. That, um, yeah, I mean, uh, a, a lot of people can't draw Hulk. You know what I mean? Um, and he, yeah, for, for a long time, he's was the quintessential mm. Hulk. Like when you, when you pictured Hulk, mm. you were basically picturing his Hulk. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's cool. Um, all right. Now you were talking about shows that you disliked, which I'm assuming you're not so subtly hinting about Lord of the Rings. The, um, oh, I didn't know if I was Rings being subtle. Well, okay, so I've, I've watched... I try not to be subtle, Dave. I know. I've watched the first two issues, um, the first two episodes of it. The third one just dropped before the show, so I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, what's your reaction to the first two episodes, Rich? Um, pretty boring. Yeah. They are slow, I will say that. I will um, definitely say that. Yeah, I, I, I remember my eyes glazing over a couple of times and going like, oh, oh shit, I'll just pay attention. Oh, sorry, I was drifting off there. Um, I heard someone say they feel very video game cutscene-y. 
which I which I agree with a bit. Well, put it this way: I uh, this isn't when I watch this. I don't think Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. I think Peter Jackson's The Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, you know, fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know it's supposed to look pretty and all that, but it kind of just feels pretty for the sake of being pretty. Like very paddy. Uh, would you agree? Very sterile as well. Like no, it's okay. pretty but sterile. Mm. Um and um, I'm. I don't care about anyone yet. Um, so far in the show, um, um, I definitely agree with you that the hobbits. Um, I'm going to call them hobbits. Um, mm. are really fucking annoying. Um, oh for me, God. the weakest um, part of the show. like I could any time, them, no. any time they come on the on the screen, Jesus Christ, whether it's those two moaning women or <laughs> the uh, or Lenny Henry, Lenny, or Lenny Henry, fucking or Lenny Pete. Henry. By the way, yeah. No one can tell me that the that the two female uh, uh, hobbits are not supposed to be stand-ins for Frodo and Sam. No fucking way. You you sure. will not convince me that the two of them are not trying to yeah. Um, uh, uh, in, yeah. get you to feel that like you're like oh they like Frodo and Sam. You know the the sure, chubby one facing the the main one. It's like ooh, not very original. No. Um, I had just about enough Lenny Henry in 1989, let alone 2022. You know, like, I don't mind him, but, like, when he popped up in this, I was like, oh, my God, we're not going to see the end of him in this. Like, he's just going to dominate every scene he's in. Mm. He eats up scenery. He always has done. And I he kept taking me out of it in a major way, mm. frankly. Well, w- one thing I'll say that really doesn't help the show is the terrible writing. Um, like I don't mean to sound nasty, but these the people who are and this is a group of people writing the show, right? This sure. is not one writer. This is a group, a room mm. of writers who cannot even come close to <laughs> Tolkien's skill no. in 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 writing and and writing something meaningful and and um, authentic. Do you, know do what you I mean? think they're like, a bit long winded? You know. Like it's, uh, it's not that it's not that it's long winded. It's that what they say is dumb and and mm. uh, nonsensical. Like when her brother at the start goes, "Do you know why a, a boat can float and a, and a rock sinks? It's because the the rock is forever looking downwards mm. into the dark." And I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? What you just said makes no yeah, fucking I, sense." I admit, when I heard that, I was like, "I guess that's one explanation." And I guarantee you, those writers were probably patting themselves on the back and, "Oh my god, it's so deep what we've written here. We're like just like Tolkien." And I was just like, you know, because I was watching it with a, a a friend for the first twenty minutes, and she was just like, "I what? I don't get it." Like, why yeah. would you compare a rock to a boat? Like, yeah, um, you know, and, and the, the analogy that he uses is just completely fucking stupid. I agree. Um, because one, rocks don't have eyes, and even if they did, why would it be on their bottom? Why would it not be know. on the top of there? Like, it's just, it's all. It it's was, really it was dumb. a very empty metaphor, basically. You know. Yeah, but the, but the show's full of these terrible sort of lines yeah. and yeah. and stuff and all that, and um, and oh my god, um, oh the chick that plays uh, uh Galadriel. Oh, I just, see, I don't mind her. No, mate, I can't. She doesn't open her mouth when she talks. It's really off-putting. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's because she's self-conscious about her teeth or something. Right. But she talks with like a very stiff lip and barely. It's almost like she's trying to hide her teeth. Right, okay. Um, and look, I feel bad for you if you feel bad about your teeth, but then maybe either get them fixed or don't be an actor. Like, yeah. you, 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 she delivers so many of her lines with this like straight lip like that doesn't move. Right. 
Right, I didn't know. A couple of times she has, like when she got angry on the shipwreck thing, which that's another whole fucking thing when you jump off a boat in the middle of the ocean in the middle of the I was going to say, that's a weird, like she jumped off and I was like, so what, you're just going to swim back like. Oh, she's Galadriel. She's, she's. Superwoman, so yeah, you know, but like doesn't... that's a long haul, dude. Like they showed the map at the start, how far the, that yeah. ocean was. Yeah, but I mean, come on, this is the woman who single-handedly took down a an ice troll when her elite squad <laughs> couldn't fucking do a thing. So but, but, I don't know how elite squad they are. So, but like, no one's ever swum the Atlantic Ocean because that would be what it would be. You'd, oh no. You know. That's this whole show is just full of stupid moments, mm. stupid like do you know where I do you know what? From the beginning I knew this like when I first started watching it, right? Mm. In the first like fucking five minutes, I knew the show was gonna be stupid. You know how I knew? Mm. When she's talking about Valinor, right? Yeah, yeah. She's like, it's heaven where, you know, the first son and everyone lives in harmony and it's the most perfect place in the world. That's what it and was. Then it shows, That's what it you was. Know, and then it shows her getting bullied by a bunch of kids and then she like mounts this kid and is ready to like throw a fist in his face and i was like that's weird that's a weird thing to happen in heaven i uh, thought people wouldn't be petty and well, bullying it was and, kind and, and of fisticuffs. having read the original texts it very much was heaven you know but it did they the elves still i mean literally morgoth came and um stole the simmerals which is and fenanor i believe his name was led the charge to go and recapture yeah, them but that hadn't happened is my point so at, at the moment this is supposed to be yeah, yeah, yeah. heaven yeah. that right then and there when she's talking and she's a kid it's yeah. supposed to be heaven no, I, so uh, why I are kids bullying you and why are you getting into fisticuffs it's supposed to be heaven yeah well true Good and point. right then that's when i knew i was like oh is it gonna be one of these shows that just contradicts themselves and do stupid things well dude they're riding outside the lines a lot like i don't mind it i'll keep watching it but i will say this People who are calling it fan fiction, it it is, you know, it actually. Is. Like, it, they, like this is the thing. As a Tolkien fan and heavy reader, like, I read a lot of stuff outside of Lord of the Rings that Tolkien wrote. I wrote, read I read almost all of it, to be honest, when I was young. I haven't reread it in my later years because I did it. You know what I mean? I churned through a lot of stuff. Mm. And I will say this. A, a lot, a lot, lot, lot of this show is not he didn't write this kind of stuff you know what i mean like he, yeah he wrote very kind of i'd almost call them quite vague outlines in the second age there were signposts he wrote this and that like but a lot of content here a lot of content is you will not find in any of tolkien's work you know it is well, it thing, is fan fiction i'm i i to me i wonder if one of the reasons why that uh, the, the other stuff he wrote, right, the history of the world is yeah. so dry because he didn't really have a narrative for it. He just wanted to create the history, but he didn't actually have a... Well, that's exactly what he did, yeah. It was history. Like a narrative, a story to tell, yeah. and now they're trying to obviously, you know, work their own stuff. But, I mean, but as I say, like, to me, it's just, like, um, it doesn't have the same feel. Like, again, you, it feels some by people who are... It's, it feels like it's written by people with inferior skill. Well, the, the, the other thing as well, and again, I'm going to draw on my own knowledge, he wrote tons, tons of narrative about the first age, like full-on legends and different versions of them. He wrote them as poems. He wrote them as really, uh, mm. some of the stuff really visceral, um, some of it like almost like you were reading. Yeah, but they don't, 
They don't have the rights to that. No, that's what I'm saying. So the the first stage, he did a lot of detail. That was where his heart really was. Uh, Then, of course, the third age was him writing Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. His second age stuff, it's more supplemental. Um, There is cool stuff in there, but it's descript like it's if you like if you're reading a history book in school and you're reading about like the capture of Berlin at the end of the, the Second World War, and you're reading it and it's like the Russians did this and the Americans did that and the Russians got to the bunker and you know uh, Hitler committed suicide and um, such and such burned his body and they captured the bunker. You're like these are exciting events, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but they're not told in the style of like a, a best selling thriller you know like that's left for the later generations to come along and write all that as you know Mm. historical fiction for want of a better word but the way he wrote it was some of the stuff is really cool like i know how it ends i know what happens with uh they go and capture sauron uh the numorians and they bring him back to numenor and then he's like the devil in the emperor's ear the king's ear yeah yeah he becomes like the 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 confident yeah yeah yeah. and it's becomes loved by everyone and all that yeah beloved and then they invade valinor which leads to the breaking of the world it's when you're reading it in the histories it's it's not told badly it's just told kind of more historically and like a textbook yeah it is a bit like a textbook but as a as a writer even back then, I was thinking, yeah, there's, there's really an in- my in- imagination was doing a lot of the work, you know, because mm. I knew so much, and I was like, my imagination was working overtime. I didn't get the feeling he'd spent the same amount of time on it that he spent on the first age or the third age. He kind of just had it there because he was obviously a guy who liked to organise his world and world build. He had it there, but I didn't get the feeling he'd really fleshed it, fleshed it to the fullest. He'd done what he needed to do, so he had a structure. Um, and don't forget, none of this was published in his lifetime. So he didn't publish this. This was all papers that came out after his lifetime. So mm. who knows what Tolkien was doing? I mean, the guy lived to be in his 70s. It wasn't like he pumped this stuff out while he was alive. This was mm. all done by the family. So what I'm trying to say is, if you, as soon as they said the second age, I was like, okay, there's going to be a lot of stuff they're going to have to make up because there's not a ton of stuff, you know? <laughs> And they have really made a lot of stuff up. Like this thing about this black elf with this woman. Like none of that's in Tolkien, man. Like you, I, I, like no, that you know. mate. That is that is supposed to make you. Um, that that is supposed to make you nostalgic for Aragon and uh, Eowyn. Sure. Right. Well, you know, I, I hope they can do it well. I, I just, I don't know. I, oh, and yeah. by the by the way, you. T- this is something I couldn't help but notice, right? Mm. And it's not something like it doesn't. It's not something that bothers me, but it's just something I couldn't help but notice. Mm. Every main character that we follow in mm-hmm. is in a mixed race relationship. Oh, we're definitely trying to, you know, diversify. No, but what I mean, no, no, no. I'm not talking about diversity. I'm talking about like so the whoever the hobbit chick is i can't remember her goddamn name um i couldn't i couldn't either you know uh, whatever whatever so her father is is white and her mother's um i don't know black or or yeah, yeah or, jamaican or something or brown whatever right mm. and then the as you said the elf and the 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 human woman mm. they sort of in a relationship but this woman's already had a child with another guy and that her husband was also of like a different um yeah. Race, and then you've got the uh, uh, Doran, and he, and I thought to myself, I was like, geez, like you really just like pushing, like you know what I mean? It's, because I guess it was like 
always in your face in two episodes. I was just like, Jesus, every main character we're following mm. all comes from a mixed um, uh, mother and care. father. I don't care about No, but I'm just saying it's such a weird thing to, mm. to like really like go, well, we have to. Oh, all just, the main characters have to. They're just doing it. To, they're just doing it. it. To... Because it's so obvious, it's just something that I couldn't help but notice. Yeah, it just yeah. stood out to me that like not a single same... <laughs> Yeah, now let, let's talk about the scenes with Elrond and Durin because if I was going to pinpoint something as a kid that fascinated me with Tolkien, I was obsessed with the dwarves and the dwarven wars yeah. of the orcs and all that stuff, you know? Can, um, you, can you correct me if I'm wrong because you've read this more than I have. I have a very passing knowledge of... It's been this, a long time, but ask me a question. No, no, but I'll ask you a question. Yeah. This Elrond and his friendship with the dwarves is not in the books. Uh, no, the, well, the elves and the dwarves did have... No, 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 not the elves and the dwarves, Elrond and, and Durin, because mm, if sure. I remember correctly, the guy that he is working with, uh, uh what's his name, uh, G- uh, Gindelvir or whatever, oh. the, 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 the elven smith, he's supposed to be the one that has the relationship with the dwarves. He's supposed to be the one that's friendly. Yeah, I, with I the don't, dwarves. I don't remember if it's Elrond, but I do, I do know that in, in the second age... That it, that there was a really big friendship between the elves and the dwarves uh, in Moria. Yeah, the El- the elvesmiths and all that, which is yeah. that is in the books. But I think they've changed it to Elrond because obviously they want well, yeah, to. That's be, okay. Obviously, he's one like, of the main characters. And I don't mind a bit of license being shown. That's okay. Now, but okay, but let's dig into, uh, let's dig into the uh, um, uh, the scenes. Because I was confused with what was going on because Elrond goes down there, then Durin's, like, really anti-him. Pissy. Yeah, but, but, like, the reason was just so petty. Like, it was just so... I just felt it was just so, like, really, that's the reason you're being such a prick? I... No, no. So I don't actually mind that being the reason. Yeah. What bothered me was how much they kept playing it. Yeah. Like, I feel like they should have hashed it out just being like, oh, that's why you're upset. I'm really sorry. And then he's like, oh, right, I forgive you. And they should have moved on. But instead, he, he, you know what I mean? It's like a continuous joke that just gets less and less funny as you keep having him be petulant and keep having him be like, and I was like, okay, I'm, can we, you know, like, yeah, it's become almost farcical that he's holding the grudge this this long. Well, uh, one thing I will say is, but it's because they wanted to have this stupid tree line. Where he says, "Where there is love, you know, they, there's truly no darkness or some shit or whatever." And I was just like, "Yeah, because yeah, all a tree needs is love to grow in the dark." Gotcha. <laughs> well, I was like, "How is that tree growing? Was there sunlight from love? Down? From love, mate. so it was just a tree in the middle of a mountain growing." Mm, yeah. Okay. I mean, of love. Uh, I mean, I don't. I'm no gardening expert. Like some trees do not need light. I think. Cave so, moss doesn't, but <laughs> yeah, most trees do need some. But light. I think trees need light. I think. Well, trees I have... guess these days a lot of them have artificial light, don't they? You know, like a, you yeah. Know. But I don't think they had that much that kind of artificial light. Well, maybe with magic, I don't know. But dwarves don't have magic, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, good point. I I was disappointed in those scenes. I I, I did like seeing the dwarven kingdom, though. I thought it looked pretty cool. I thought the visuals of the dwarven ah, kingdom looked cool. Mm. It's all right, I. But that you see, this is where I, I get where people say it feels video gamey, right? Yeah. Um. When you get to that kingdom, when he goes underground there, yes. When you when you first look at it, you're like, oh wow. But then you realize, hang on a second, mm. nothing's functional. 
like you're trying to show everything off, but that you know, like when they first go to the mines of Moria, yeah, um, in the movie, and you and and it's the big open, you know, it's the it's the columns and all that. You're like, okay, this feels like that's an entranceway, mm. but this just felt like a, a hodgepodge of we just want to show you all the different types of, and it didn't feel. Yeah, I know it didn't feel real. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like a real. It just felt like a a video game design where they're like, "We're going to show off the way that this underground oh, it was city looks." Now, did it look good? Yes. Did it mm. look functional and believable? No. But do you care about that? Like, I mean, it's fantasy, dude. Like, you well, know. Well, I don't know. I do care because I feel like that's the things they thought about when they did the Lord of the Rings movies. They really thought about like what's the function of something. What does what should something look like? It should have some. It should look like it functions in the real world. Like mm. whether we design the 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 foyer, the courtyard, or this town, it's got to just. It can't just look like oh, we're going to put a whole bunch of assets. This was very. This was very. Um, if you were playing Dragon Age Origins or something, when you went, you know, and you just saw like a cut scene of the kind of, which is what you saw on the show, you saw a cut scene where it sort of sweeps across, you can just see it all, and mm. then it cuts to the game, if you know what I mean. Like, it's like, wow, look at that neat scene. Okay, cut to the characters on a pathway, you know? Um, mm. It did feel, and I was critical of the Hobbit movies. I felt the Hobbit movies in particular had many scenes where I felt they were very video gamey. And yeah, well, that's yeah. why I said this. This gives me the same. I th- that's the same thing where I go, yeah, it looks pretty, mm. but it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like that's how dwarven actual functioning mm. a kingdom I mean, did, in a mountain. I, would I be. didn't mind. Like I, I hear what you're saying. I didn't mind it though. I, I thought it was a pretty look good looking scene. Um, I don't. What are, what are they going to do? That's always what they're going to do. Like, how else could you do it? Kind of thing. It, uh, you know, it would not be as spectacular. Like, they're always going to have a big scene showing you the vast expanse of Moria. That's that's going to definitely happen. I mean, that is straight out of video games. How many video games, Rich, have we played where you 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 enter a new chamber and it does that panorama kind of view? And then yeah, it cuts but, to you. But that's a, yeah, but again, that's a video game, and they don't have to be accurate because you you're not going to be going to any of those buildings. They're just making it look. But again, we're not going to those buildings in this. It's not like we're spending hours in Moria. It's a few scenes. It's, no, you know, but I don't know. Again, I'm I want things to look. If I'm watching a TV show, I want the settings to look believable. Like. Okay. The, one of the reasons why Lord of the Rings just feels so much better than The Hobbit and this is that it feels lived in. Mm. It feels real. Like w- when they designed the cities and and the and and the kingdoms and and sure. and, like stuff, Gondor just, and stuff. Yeah, it just too. feels like yes, that is how it would be. That is how it would. You know, um, yeah. When you do your establishing shots, you're wide. Like, oh, look at the big city, but you can't really do that for a dwarf. So that what they wanted to do was just try and show you as much as possible, but you, but in doing that, you've made it to me just feel un unreal, like that it's not really a thing. It's it's a it's a it's a video game background. Yeah, I hear, man. I hear. Look, I'm as I said last week. I'm not like I, I'm not like so drunk on the Kool Aid. I can see no problems. I, I have my concerns. I, I'm just in it for the long haul. Uh, now, did you think that was Gandalf? Or, or was it just another wizard? Because I know that you know, they want us to think that it's Gandalf. Yeah, it could be one of the other wizards. There was a few wizards, and two of whom disappeared to the east from memory. Um, mm. th- they're all quite similar. I mean, it doesn't need to be Gandalf for me, but it was Look, suspicious no, no, to me. No, it probably will be. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just because these people seem very unoriginal. Well, um, also the connection with the hobbits too. It would kind of like time. Well, that's where oh, but again, you see, that's so fucking lazy. Oh, it's very lazy, dude. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm sorry. I am critical of that. I, I hate. I hate that the hobbits are like main characters in this storyline because they did sweet f all in the second age. You know, like if they was if they were smart, they would they would pretend like they would make you believe that it's Gandalf because you know talking to the flies and. Mm. You know the 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 fireflies and all that sort of shit, but then it's not, and people go, "Oh, they got me! They made me think it was," and that'd be fine. I don't have a problem with that, but mm, I don't know. So after two episodes, the caliber of the writing in this it wouldn't surprise me if it's Gandalf. Yeah. Okay. Well, because don't forget, they really played up in the um, the Hobbit mm. that uh, Gandalf and Galadriel kind of have like a a relationship. Yeah. Um, okay. Not not necessarily a sexual relationship, but they have a history. They've got a relationship. There's a very deep friendship. Sure. Or, or well, something. The same there. with Elrond so, as well. Same with Elrond. Yes. Yeah, well. so it wouldn't surprise me if they made it Gandalf, so that they could be like, "This is how they became best friends." Well, I mean, they were all around for a long time and fighting the enemy, so they were all best friends in a way because they were all allies. Like they never had any problems well, and stuff. You Galadriel know? certainly at the moment doesn't treat Elrond like a friend. <laughs> She treats him like can, a, her she, little bitch. Well, she treats everyone like a, with a lot of disdain, which I'm just like, mm, this is a this is the character I want to follow and root for. I don't mind it, man. Like she's she well, she was a fairly sort of like queenly, haughty kind of presence in in Lord of the Rings. Remember the scene in the movies where she gets the ring and she's like, I would uh, become a queen of power and blah blah blah. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I but, love that scene. No, but she never she never treated the the fellowship like. Pieces of crap. Yeah, she was like little Miss Nicey Picey to the Hobbits. Like she doesn't she kiss Sam on the head or something? Like you know. Yeah, and she gives a, a Gimli. Um, yeah, she gives him the strands of her hair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I know. Anyway, um, yeah, but the jury's out now. We did have a very entertaining. Is there anything more you'd like to say about this Rings of Power stuff, Rich? Before we sort of move to the next topic. Not really. Okay. Um, now we will cover episode three next week. Now. We had an entertaining uh, email from Michael Kellershim, and it's it's entitled Elon Speaks. This is a quote from Elon Musk, I believe, on Twitter. Almost every male is about rings of power. Almost every male character so far is a coward, a jerk, or both. Only Galadriel is brave, smart, and nice. Um, Uh, I don't know about the nice part. Yeah, okay. okay. And then, um, this is Michael's words, obviously the left is going crazy, so they bring out their new favourite shield, Neil Gaiman, to counter. (laughs) Um, Neil Gaiman said, Elon Musk doesn't come to me for advice on how to fail to buy Twitter, and I don't go to him for film, TV, or literature criticism. Um, And then then Michael says, I'm going to call it... Neil Gaiman is a new Kevin Smith, the comic book guy with cred that the corporations go to for shilling their shit. You can mention that on the show too, on the record. Uh, the bitch will be crying next. Now we all know I love Neil Gaiman, so I, you know, I don't want to. But can I just say something? I don't know if Neil Gaiman realised this, but he's basically just said, disregard any film critic, right, or book critic, because they don't have any experience or knowledge in making a movie or how to write. They just critique movies. Yeah. TV shows and books. So he's inadvertently just told everyone, do not listen to any critic mm. of any art, of any art form, because 
they are not making it. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, who cares about these guys arguing on Twitter, dude? Like, a- anyone can criticize. No, but I hate that fucking... argument of, like, oh, you're not allowed to criticize something because you don't, you know, how dare you come in here with your critique of oh, Lord yeah, of the Rings when me, lazy, a writer, yeah. that's a when me, a writer, is way more qualified to critique it than you. And it's like, yeah, but, Neil, you just described yeah. every fucking film critic yeah, yeah, or yeah. book critic. They don't critique yeah. it because they, they are ex-writers or... Yeah. you know, publishers or whatever themselves, they just people who decided to critique shit. Uh, and I'm got sorry, a job doing the, the, this is mass market entertainment uh, on Amazon. It can be critiqued oh. by, you know, millions of people. Like who it was it. some, there was some news I heard that apparently um, the, the, the new game of Thrones things absolutely fucking trounced Lord of the Rings in, mm. in viewership, like really? fucking um, well, so I, I'm a, enjoying a, it. I'm enjoying it. There's a thing called Samba TV, I think. Now, this mm. is only like American audiences, right? Mm. Um, but they can they can get analytics of from of streaming and and who watches like mm. whatever. And in the first four days mm. of the release of Lord of the Rings, 1.8 million people watched it in the first four days. Mm. And for the new Game of Thrones. 4.8 million people watched it in the first four days. It's full on. Yeah. That is a, that's huge. So, um, you know, when, when Amazon says it's the most watched show, that may be true, but other people are definitely watching other things more. So, yeah. Uh, um, it, 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 it's kind of funny that they're both coming out like right around the same time. Um, you know, well, this budget. was supposed to be Amazon's answer or competition, and mm. f- at the moment, it's getting trounced. It's not winning that competition. Mm. I, yeah, you know, I assume they're both in it for the long haul, though. Like this Lord of the Rings thing is a is a big bet, big you know, roll the dice from Amazon Studios. Like they're not going to pull this after one season. This will be, they will have sunk some well, costs into it, this. Honestly, it depends if that one point eight stays, grows, or really drops off. Yeah, but I don't think it will. I think I think that they'll both have stable viewership bases. Um, but yeah, it'll be a question. Of yeah, but just, my point know. is, Game of Thrones has a little bit more leeway to lose viewers, whereas mm. you know uh, Amazon doesn't. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, if even if Game of Thrones lost a million viewers, they'd still have three point eight people watching. If you know, if Lord of the Rings loses eight hundred thousand, they're down to a million. So what I'm saying is that I mean they 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 can't afford to drop too much. Whereas you know Game of Thrones can probably go, yeah, we could lose a million and we're still doing very yeah, well. I'm so. reading the stuff here. Like it's it's hard to you know. Also, these people are very they're very uh, shy about giving their actual numbers. You know, like Amazon yeah. and HBO Max. Like neither of them are transparent. So it's tough. Uh, look, we'll see. I mean, look so far. Uh, I mean, look, I, I'm such a Tolkien geek that I guess I can't help but watch it. I would probably say I'm enjoying Game of Thrones more, you know, House of the Dragon more right now, but they're very similar to each other. Like, House of the Dragon's probably pulling me more in on its own merits, whereas Rings of Power, I, I kind of bring with it a lot of a lot of my fan. Fan sort of base to it, if you know what I mean. Like my, so if I was just looking at them as, imagine I'm walking in cold, you know, and I don't know, I don't know Game of Thrones previously, and I don't, I've never read Lord of the Rings or seen the movies. I I would gravitate towards more House of the Dragon, just based on that. 
you know. Um, I'm going to keep watching both, um, and I hope Rings of Power gets a little less... I, I'm finding it very long-winded. I'm finding it... It's kind of very slow to me well, so far, you know? This is Okay, so my problem I find with this... So my feeling of it is that it feels like a knockoff Lord of the Rings show. Mm. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> but <laughs> my biggest problem with it is I feel like um, they should have slowly, gradually branched out the characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you look at The Hobbit, right? The Hobbit, we're following Bilbo. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. his, it's his adventure. He's the, the POV character, right? Yep. So we basically yep. following him. Now... With Lord of the Rings, we start off with Frodo. Yep. Right? And for the the first movie, it's basically Frodo. Mm-hmm. Right? Until they get yeah, separated. He's got his, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Now, th- from there, now you're following two, you know, sort of stories. And then from there, they even break it further. And then you're following Pippin and Merry. Right, like, yeah. you know what I mean? But it starts at one. Mm-hmm. And then slowly throughout the the sort of the three books it sort of you know branches off but i feel like this show should have maybe started with one main character mm. for at least the you know like uh, if not the first season maybe half of the first season and then we slowly start sort of breaking off because right now it's just jump it's one of those shows where it just keeps jumping you know oh, what i mean yeah, it's all we're jumping from yeah. we're jumping from um um Galadriel to to Alron to yeah. um, uh, other elf and, and human chick to hobbits. You know, it's like it's just oh, it's everywhere. I hate I hate yeah. shows like that where it's just jumping all over the place. I kind of would prefer to like start off mm. in one stream and then slowly uh, branch off with characters that are you know they're just uh, so keen to show. Like, and in fairness, like the geek in me, the Tolkien geek in me, is kind of digging it because it is doing so many stories at once, but. That's going to take it, – it's sort of – how can I say? It's going to be slow going because they're going to be doing all these different things. It's like with a group book, like in comic books, like you've only got, say, 20 pages these days. How do you handle all the Avengers? Mm. But generally what they do is they tighten the focus in on a couple in one you know um, issue and then they give a little bit of a subplot and then they turn up to the other characters and juggle around. But we'll see. I, I It is – there is a, there is a lot of I just hope that they haven't spread themselves too thin, because there's a lot of story threads being thrown out, but I wouldn't say they're that entertaining. <laughs> like there's a lot of story threads, and I'm sort of like, yeah, okay, you know, like the black elf, like what's going on there, you know, really, you know what I mean? Like it, it could be really interesting. It reminds me a bit of Skyrim actually when they were out there mm. on the um out there sort of in the planes and stuff. It reminded me a lot of Skyrim, like the, the scapes and stuff, like the, the designs of the wilderness and everything. But, yeah, very video gamey. I will... Well, I mean, know. in the first two episodes, because that's all we've watched, the first two episodes, we've got four plot lines happening. At least, it feels like, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's too much. For two episodes, Yeah, we've, well, we, we've got four plot lines, and I just think that's just too much. Like, as I said, you've got to gradually build towards that but you know you've got to start small and, and get Good big point. I just yeah like- i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying you're, yeah i get you like the wire for example which i always cite as one of the best tv shows they ever has been made in terms of story that 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 starts at, at a certain point and then it, you know 
a very simple seeming thing with the with the drugs in the um, what do you call it in that ghetto thing in the in the block, and then it builds and builds and builds from there, mm. and there are different layers to all the different stories spiraling out. But you are right; it starts on a narrow focus at the beginning, whereas this doesn't. It has a very wide, scattered focus just to start with. And I think yeah. it's all—it's all to be like, look how big our world is. Look how big Tolkien's world is. Look at all the shit we're doing. And I'm like, yeah, you're shuffling a lot of cards around. You know, you're, you're trying to dazzle me. There's a lot of lot of lot of sizzle. Where's the steak? You know? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's my that's my view. Is that I just feel like in two episodes to have to have four plot lines happening, I just go, that's just too much, man. You're just jumping around too much. Yeah, I hear, you, man. Well, we're sort of on the same page. Um, We'll keep watching. The The third episode will be out um, next week. Uh, well, it's out now, so we'll review it next week. I will say this um, for Game of Thrones. Uh, episode three was probably the weakest so far for me. There was a two-year time jump. I did like Matt Smith's character getting some glory, but there was a lack of meat in the episode. Like, regarding the Crab King, for example, he was made out to be this big threat. And then, really, he's kind of pissily killed. We don't even see the death scene. He just hauls out the head. And I kept asking myself, if Matt Smith's got the dragon, which is so devastating, and it's shown to be so devastating in this episode, how is he losing the war? You know, like, they haven't killed the dragon. The dragon just annihilates ar- armies. Like, how? If they're hiding inside caves, how are they losing the war? You know, it just didn't... They, they, they tell you a lot of stuff, Rich. Like, they say, like, oh, you know, they're really struggling to win the war. They're suffering heavy casualties. Uh, blah blah blah, and then it cuts to the scene, and really, it's Matt Smith doing a one-man charge. He, he made the biggest mistake, eh? Show don't tell. But yeah, exactly, and um, yeah, but it was just—I don't know. It just—I was chatting about it with one of my colleagues at work, who's a big Game of Thrones guy, and he said this was by far the weakest episode. And I said, I, I definitely agree with you. Like it was—I um, don't know. It, it just felt like. It was really stupid, actually. Like, Matt Smith's character, even though he's a Targaryen, he's just a human, Rich, you know, in armour. Like, really, honestly, he's not... They're not magical beings, which I stupidly thought they were, but they're not. Um, I thought they were. I thought they had some magic, but they're just humans. He, he no, run- Yeah, they're just humans born with white hair. Yeah, I, I thought they... Well, I guess they do have the thing with the dragons, so that's something. But outside of that, I thought they, they were more like elves, but they're not. They're not at all. They're just humans. And he does this mad charge literally across a whole army and, like, people are shooting at him. He doesn't get killed. He, you know, he gets hit in the shoulder and all of a sudden that's not a problem either. And then the dragon just kills everyone and then he just goes into the tunnel and kills the Crab King. We don't even see the death scene and he wins. And you're like, mm-hmm, okay. Budget. But, dude, the budget's huge, you know? Yeah, but where you can save money, you know. Yeah, but anyway, so... I don't know. I, I'm interested though. Like as I said, if I was if I was looking at the two shows side by side without any knowledge of any other previous stuff, I would head towards House of the Dragon at this point, based on what I'm seeing. Now, uh data miners, Rich, do you know what a data miner is? I do. Okay. Do you can you explain to me what a data miner is? Because I don't actually know. Is it someone they on mind, the internet doing mind, some shit? My data. Yeah, but like is it someone on the internet like with codes and stuff or something hackers yeah so basically well kind of like hacking so basically let's say um so there's stuff that are in games Mm. that um the code is there even though you might not have access to it yeah like that so in assassin's creed like what makes the pretty pictures and all that shit yeah 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, Is that right? Yeah. Or the routines that the characters run on and stuff. It's basically like assets, code, um, events. Okay. All that sort of stuff. Uh, data mining is very big in like MMOs, like online okay. games. So because there's always things added to it whenever there's like a patch or an update, mm. um, there's people who go and mine the the code to see what's been added, what's coming. Like maybe there's a new mount, maybe there's a new raid, and th- and then they'll release that information sort of online and, and tell people, hey, this is what's coming, mm. you know, in, in the next expansion when it goes live because that's usually preloaded, you know. So a lot of times when you're, when especially like MMOs, there's um, when they do maintenance and, and you know, updates and all that sort of stuff, they add in things to the game. And so that's what data miners do is they're basically, in, in a sense, not hacking as in like it's some sort of like massively secure sort of thing. It's just mm. code. They can't, they can't interact with the code. They can only just see okay. the, the code and all that sort of stuff and, and the data. And then, yeah, then they just go and go, oh, this is what we found and this is going to be the next raid or this is going to okay. be the next mount. But how do they whatever. find that out? I don't understand how you see it. Like, how do you, if I'm looking at my game it's just layout, by going or... into the Well, because the it exists on your computer. Uh-huh. Okay. So, I mean, you can't really da- data mine on, like, an Xbox or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure someone probably could if they hooked it up to their computer or something oh. like that. Oh. I see. You, right. you have the game and you can access the files <laughs> of the game. It's just that you can't really change. What can I ask? The files. Why? What, what, who, well, like, what's the point? I don't understand. Like, they just, they want to see what they've added to the game or, or what is in the game that you don't have access to. So, like, uh, sometimes there's things that have been removed from the game, but you can't remove it from the files. This feels very, like, fucking futuristic to me, like, hacker central. Like, I wouldn't have a clue how to do this. Would, Again, it's I, not hacking because they're not like hacking into the company's mainframe or yeah. data center. It's just all the shit that's that it's it's already the game files that are on their computer. I'm very impressed that these people are able to do this kind of stuff. Like these people are obviously very clever. Like, man, I like I'd like to get one of these guys on staff or something. Like they're really maybe I should hire one of these guys because you know how I'd love to get all the leaks. You know, like I I don't have the skill set. Not, I I I, I don't know what to do. Not really, it's not really leaks. Yeah, but, like, man, they're obviously good at computers, dude. You know what I mean? Like, they're obviously fucking pretty switched-on individuals. Um, yeah, but, again, you can't... Eh, again, they can only... They're only looking at stuff that's on their computer, which it's, it's theirs. They paid for the game. Yeah. They can see what's been added. You can't pay these people to go and hack other people's computers. And I, I like it, though. Uh, but off the books, you know, like... Might yeah, be off the books still land you in jail, mate. Doesn't <laughs> Have it as off the books as you want. It's still illegal, and you go to jail if you could. It's illegal, I guess. Your Honor, there is no evidence because I paid him off the books. <laughs> Dismiss this case. It's just crazy, though. Like it's it, these guys are like they're, they're that into it, man. Like they're that structured. But anyway, so these data miners, who I are my new heroes, um, they found something. They the Scooby Doo Legion of Superheroes potential crossover movie. So I don't know what they were doing, like what computer they were on, but somehow they came across all this data that there's going to be a Legion of Superheroes um, Scooby-Doo crossover animated movie, Rich. How about that? That was surprised me. I mean, Scooby-Doo's had lots of crossovers. Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I love I mean, Scooby-Doo. He's, he's, had, he's had crossovers with Batman already. He's had crossovers with even like the WWE. and. Uh, yeah, but this is a movie, dude. Yeah, but all of them were movies. Okay, were they? Okay, all right. Well, they were animated movies that 
back in the day, but I mean, they're still movies. Okay. Well, yeah, actually, like, yeah, good point. There were Scooby Doo cartoons with Batman, like, back in the 80s. Yeah, there was Scooby Doo meets Batman, or that was like an animated movie, TV movie. That's a good point. Well, we're back there, man. We're, we're going, we're traveling back. But, like, wow, these guys found out about it as well, like, somehow. I don't know, but they had to have gone into someone else's computer. How, this wasn't in a game, dude. You, you're talking about games. This they, they data mined this from uh, some server at DC. Well, then they hacked it. That's, that's they not, hacked, man. Yeah, that, that's hackers, not data miners. I think the two are linked, dude. I think if you're hacking, you're data mining. You know, I think you're doing both things. The hacking. No, because again, data mining is you're doing that on your own. Well, these the guys are doing all, these on, guys are no, 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 they're hacking just in on your computer. You're just accessing the files that you're well, allowed. These guys data mine That's something no, else. Hacking and data mining is two different things. Okay, well, but I think you you hack in through the firewall. There you go, Dave. Using a technical term, you hack your way in through that firewall, and then you data mine away, and then I don't know, you hack out, and then you wind up back at home with all your fucking data. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. It's a lot of work for... Is there a payoff for this information? Like, do they sell this information? Is this information so valuable that they can then sell it to news outlets? Because I imagine some of the stuff would be like, if you, you know, like, okay, we're going to get real fucking dark. Okay, I'm going to take things pitch fucking black dark. And I'm only doing a demonstrator point. But if they hacked their way into Buckingham Palace and they got pictures of the Queen's, unfortunately lifeless, you know, body and got those pictures out and then could sell it to the press, that would be worth a fortune. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like I could see a lot of, a lot of what these hackers must do is to get information that's of value. Would you agree? Yeah, that's what hackers do, yes. Okay. Would this information be worth anything to a news outlet? What Not do you really. think? No. 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 So no. what's the point? Like, what's the point? Like, they were you, bored. I don't know. I mean, but if you said to me, I've got some really sweet information about DC, like, well, how sweet? Like, you know, like, because there's stuff, like, I might throw you a buck, but this, no. I'm, this is, like, you know, fucking content for Signal, but it's not earth-shattering information. Get me some stuff on Batman castings. Get me some stuff on that. Get me some, give me, give me the Wolverine actor that you've signed up at Marvel. If you can hack in and get that information... Suddenly, you've got something the news outlet might give a shit about, you know? You, you've you got the audition tape of, of the guy they picked for Wolverine? Well, That'd the be problem awesome. with that stuff is that that doesn't matter because those can change. But yeah, but it's still worth you get in pictures of a, No, but as you said, you get in pictures of, like, the dead queen mm. or dead celebrity. That's different because the celebrity's not going to come back to life. It's not, it's not going to change, but... You get in like, oh, this is the information I've got about who they're looking for casting. Well, that could change. The person could turn down the role. So, but even why still, would you for, wanna, why would you pay for? No, for, you wouldn't pay for information that could change at the drop. I of guarantee that. you that some money's changing hands on some of this leaks, dude. Some money. I'm, I like some of the big stuff. Okay, celebrity stuff. Yeah, celebrity stuff. Not even forget about just casting. Some celebrity information, like some actress. You know, getting gangbanged. Yes, if you're talking about yes, I'm talking. If you're talking about compromising things that can't be changed, yes, then people <laughs> are going to pay for that. But you paying for like they am them announcing a movie or whatever that can change. They could cancel a movie. It doesn't matter. Why would you sure. pay for something that could change? I don't know. 
I don't know, man. Like, whatever information's as valuable as I'm the person. I'm trying to help you make decisions before you go throw money out there for hackers <laughs> that sell you shit that doesn't matter, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't even. But but really, what I want is like I'm. You know, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, Rich. So don't don't feel we're going to go down this rabbit hole. But you know what I want. I want stuff on the aliens. I want stuff on you know, the creatures of the night. Uh, now I'm obsessed with vampires being real, now that I realise they weren't created by Bram Stoker. Um, give me that kind of shit. If you can data mine that shit, now we're talking, you know? Um, you know, what age are these guys? Are they generally young guys, like, and girls, like, over-caffeinated? Like, I'm imagining that real nihilistic kind of edgy type. They're the kind of people who are hacking away hard. On the internet, Rich, would you agree? Yes. Man. Who, know, who knows what's the stereotype and what's actual reality? Man. Wow. I just don't see myself as one of them. I just can't see myself getting to that level of technology. You know, I'd like to, but I struggle with, you know, doing the show. <laughs> <laughs> like having to edit the show is kind of the limit. But it'd be fascinating if Michelle came in, I had like five screens going, I'm hacking away. She said, what are you doing? I'm busy. I'm busy data mining. You know, I'm, I've got a lot of stuff going on here, at the, you know, all at once. It'd be pretty cool, you know. You better be damn good at it, otherwise you're going to get caught. What's the punishment? What's the, what's the punishment? I guess is hacking into another... Well, I guess you know, it, de- it depends on what it is, but, I mean, I'm sure there's fines to jail time, so... Yeah, true. I guess you, you couldn't hack into, like, the CIA or something. They would full... They have arrested oh, that's, people. Oh, that's definitely J-Top. Like, yeah, they've arrested about, people. Like, you're talking about, like, hacking into federal or government. Like, that, and, that's definitely J-Top. And, well, but, slow it down. Slow it down. I'm not talking about that. But but I'm saying there would be some freaks out there who've done that kind of shit, and they have been extradited at times, you know? Um, like, they take that shit very seriously, you know, because breaching of national security and stuff. But, you know... Anyway, oh, no, yeah, but I mean, even just hacking into a bank or anything, that's going to get you jail time. For sure. Well, because generally that would be done with a, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, you'd be trying, they'd be trying to profit somehow, like, you know, switch some zeros around and get into their Swiss bank accounts and yada, yada, yada. And I always wonder if any of that stuff ever actually works. Like we see it in movies, people are always captured. Like, does anyone ever actually get away with that kind of shit? I'm sure some do and some don't, just like any criminal. Wow. I'm kind of impressed by the moxie of these people. Like, the, the fact they're so good on computers, like, they've really devoted themselves to it. That's kind of what I wish I would do, like, devote myself to it 100%. You know, how good it could be, you know, just hacking away. I can just imagine myself just hacking away, you know, all the time, you know, drinking, like, massive amounts of Red Bull. Um, I'd probably go out for a run. You know, real real solo style, Rich. You know what I'm saying? Like, just solo style, then back again, hacking away, income coming in and out. No job required because it's, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting and moving stuff around on the internet, dude. You know what I mean? I'm very liquid. But it's a fantasy for me because I'm nowhere near there. When I think no about one's, it. No one's as secure as they think they are, Dave. Yeah. Well, well, I will say this. It was an interesting article. It got me very excited about data mining, which I didn't really understand what it was. Um, and it just sounds so mysterious to me, what these guys are doing. But anyway. Um, yes, then we had... Uh, this was this came from Mitchell, actually. Uh, Mitchell Hall, a big friend of the show. And he seems to be a lot of stuff on Facebook. Um, 
which I really appreciate, actually. Um, and I always say, if you have stuff that you want to send to me, you can either message me on the, like, there's a few ways to do it, but the easiest way is either message me just personally on Facebook um, or message the show on Facebook. I handle the social media. Obviously, there's a Twitter feed as well, but, like, it's the same thing. So you may as well do it on Facebook. If you prefer to do it on Twitter, you you can message me on Twitter at Red Lantern 2051 or at Signal of Doom. Um, Either one, I handle it all. Now, Mitchell, because one thing I love is my web of spies. You know, I because I, I okay, we all I'm I'm more old school rich. I'm still doing letter drops. I'm doing back alley stuff. You know that kind of shit. I'm still doing a lot of deep you know, throat stuff. Is what you're saying? Old right? you're school a covert throat. stuff. Yeah, old school covert man. I'm still in that world. I'm the '90s, '80s kind of spies. Uh, but my spy reported to me um, the he had this information about the story details for King of the Planet of the Apes. Not a great title, can I say? King of the Planet of the Apes. It doesn't exactly roll off the tongue to me, the title for the next movie. Uh, actor Owen Teague has been tapped to headline Wes Ball's Planet of the Apes reboot, um, which is set to premiere on Disney+. Plus. Um, Why didn't they just call it like Lord of the Apes? I don't know. I don't know. King just, of, the just King of, of the Apes. Or even just King of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it's not good. It's too, the, the problem is it's, <laughs> it's of, of. Yeah, it's got it, two yeah, ofs in it, which is, makes yeah, it weird. It's stupid. Um, okay, now, blah, blah, blah. Um, King of a planet. <laughs> <laughs> the film is set years down the track after the demise of the original ape lord Caesar and will seemingly fix on a charismatic and true leader who plans to unite all apes under his authoritative leadership by perverting the word of Caesar. It's likely that Teague is playing the role of Proximus Caesar. Proximus knows that the key to maintaining the one ape rule is by seizing and mastering technology left behind by the humans. And he hopes that May and Noah will help crack the treasure trove that is sealed on an underground silo. Um, other characters include the previously mentioned Noah, an impressionable young chimpanzee on the edge of adulthood, and the nasty Silver, a male gorilla general. Um, and obviously, this is all leading up to the actual status of the 1968 classic Planet of the Apes, when Charlton has Heston crash lands and the apes very much rule the roost as opposed to the previous three movies which have been sort of the disintegration of the human society but we're still holding on sort of thing a little bit and the apes are kind of the outcasts but they're now rising up and so it was kind of fairly evenly balanced in the last movie um whereas this one apparently is pointing a lot more towards the status quo being the 1968 version where the humans are very much the subjugated species rich um yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the prequels. No, of the new movies, really. No, because I don't. I don't. I don't like the. Um, so, in the original movie, mm. my understanding was mm. that humans basically destroyed themselves with nuclear war. That was the original concept, yes. Right, and then they sort of um, became primitive, and the primitives became you know, uh, evolved and became the intellectuals and the smart and became the rulers of the planet. Yeah. But in this, it's no, it's a, there's a massive war between the apes there's and the virus. humans. There's a the virus as well. The yeah, same. but it's just kind of, I don't like it because it retcons the original movies. Like it's not, oh. it's not, it's not the, it's not the origin I imagined it was. Okay. Well, but, but they do, I think it was cool. They had the idea of the virus, which wipes out the humans heaps and weakens yeah, them. Yeah, but, 
But I like the Charlton Heston's, you maniacs, you blew it up. And that to me says that the humans blew themselves up. You finally did it. That's what I thought. I thought the humans like killed themselves with nuclear war, basically blasted themselves back into the Stone Age. And the apes basically rose up and, and, you know, evolved and and then became the masters. And that's not what the prequel movies are about. Yeah, but like this is something called creative license, Rich, which you've got to give. It's fine. I prefer to revoke that license. So. <laughs> you're very just tickle over the fucking rules, though, aren't you? Like You're just like, oh, my God, this has to be one way. Like, you know, they've got to build the story up, Rich. It's got to have a few more twists than hey, just nuclear war. They couldn't know, but they could have at least maybe had that the humans and somehow in the war with the Planet of the Apes somehow set off the nukes mm. and they the ones that came off second best, but they didn't. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, good point. Good point. They could have done that. That would have made more sense. Maybe that this is what this is talking about a silo. So maybe this is going to be that event. Maybe, you know? hopefully. Yeah. Okay, Rich. We've got some news on Babylon Five, the reboot, and apparently another. There's two Babylon Five projects um, going on. So one of them, JMS was talking about this. So one of them is the reboot. That's been the pilot was picked up by CW. Um, it wasn't greenlit for a series last uh, rating, you know, last season, a renewal season, but they basically pushed it forward, saying that um, it's still in active development. They didn't cancel it. It's still, you know, hopefully next renewal season they will actually go forward with the series. But anyway, so that's the one thing. It's still going ahead. The other thing is there's a new Babylon Five project involving all the original actors who are still alive because quite a lot of them have died. And, um, yeah, it'll... I, I, I'm imagining it sounds like it's going to be... Um, it sounds like it's going to be animated, um, which is very much a guess of mine. But just the fact is that everyone's so much older, um, I've got a feeling it's going to be... Um, I've got a feeling it's going to be animated. Um I was watching some Babylon 5 last night. Great show. Great show. Um, you ever watch it, Rich? Babylon 5? Way mm. back in the day, I watched a little bit of it, but didn't yeah. really get into it. Yeah, I'm all the way in, man. I'm so far fucking in that show now. I'm almost in it, you know? Like, you turn, turn a corner on Babylon 5, you might see Dave. Rocking and rolling, man. With Gerobaldi. Yeah, they're pretty good. I do like those guys. Hanging out with those guys a fair bit. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, look, so there's two projects going. It's still alive. The CW president keeps talking about it, but um, I don't know. Like, it would be a radical thing to redo because you could do it so much better now, like, with the, with the technology. I think they did a pretty damn good job then. Um, it's very well written, but I think with the technology and special effects of today, it could really be something else. Um but, you know, some of these sci-fi shows they do these days, like, at times, I Michelle watches some of them, so they just don't grab me. You know, I just watch them and think, this is really sort of ordinary, in a way. Like, it's it's like the twist of it being not just normal drama. Sometimes the twist isn't very much. Do you know what I mean, Rich? Like, sometimes the twist, it's not so supernatural or not so fantastic. It's just a slight twist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like my super sci-fi shows, but I kind of wish they would also um, 
uh, I don't know, I've said this before. I, I, I wish they would like maybe spend the time and the money actually creating new stuff mm. instead of just like rebooting or remaking um, old stuff. Like, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, the Orville and, you know, I think oh. that's a fantastic show that stands on its own, but it, it you know what I mean? It's not, um, you know, like I kind of feel like Star Trek is meh at the moment oh. because they're just trying to, they're trying to take something and, and fit it into a different box. And I kind of feel like, I kind of wish you just made your own sci-fi show, like built your own world. Um, maybe then it could have been a bit more interesting, maybe even a bit more entertaining because then maybe I'm not always comparing it to, you know, like the old Star Trek yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff and all that. And it's the same with Babylon. Like, I mean, you know, it, it's also a product of its time. Why don't you just create something new? Why don't, you know, are you really telling me that there's no writers out there that are creating or, or, or showrunners or, or producers that have like their own new ideas check out the asante like series starring demon by david finn demon sulfighter available now now i've also got some updates on the walking dead spin-offs rich so these yeah i'm pretty excited about these actually so the first one is the daryl dixon france spin-off um so with readers heading overseas for filming the spin-off will have a connection to the end credit scene from the walking dead the world beyond which featured a video from dr Edwin Jenner, a scientist killed over experiments on the walkers, and another sign that there are a lot more types of walkers than people realise. Um, Redis uh, wants the show to be the opposite direction from Walking Dead. We knew we wanted to make a show that went in the opposite direction just because we don't want to do the same thing, and it's going to be way different. The story's way different. The characters are way different. There's a different tone. There's different light. There's a different sound. It's a whole different vibe. This is going to be fucking epic. That was Norman Redis. Um, the AMC president, Dan McDermott, says the series is set to follow Daryl as he wakes up and finds himself somewhere on the European continent and tries to piece together what happened. How did he get there? How's he going to get home? Okay, that's, so that's that one. Then we have Walking Dead, Dead City. This is the one... Um, uh, we're filming underway in New Jersey on the New York City set spin-off. Morgan and Cohen are sounding as enthusiastic as ever. Um... The series will spotlight Negan and Maggie's journey onto the Isle of Manhattan, where the bridges and tunnels were blown up at the onset of the pandemic because the Walker herd had just overrun the island and it's been left that way for 12 years. And so now it's a 2 million Walker-strong herd that is dominating the streets and making it treacherous and dangerous. Morgan returned, this is Jeffrey Dean Morgan, returned because the story was so good and so was the payday. Uh, if you had told me a year ago that I would be doing it, I would have said, there's no way, I'm going to end this and walk away. I think The Walking Dead ending and walking away from it would have been the noble thing for us all to do. But the story was so good and so worth telling that it simply came down to I couldn't say no, and I felt invigorated and wanted to continue it. Um, and then Cohen, who plays Maggie... Uh, says, the story that the showrunner Ellie Jordan has written lets us really go into the dark night of the soul in a way you don't always get to do with a huge cast. When people say to me, why well, you've been doing that show so long, I say, and I hope I do it forever. Yeah, because I love that paycheck. Um, how excitement and fan mania surrounding series reminds Walk Morgan of The Walking Dead. There's been two peop 200 people out to watch this film, which very much reminds of how it was when I first got on The Walking Dead. It was that kind of excitement and fan mania. And so to have it again, it's super cool. Then we have the Rick Grimes Michonne spin-off, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, it's not billing the project as a limited one-season series. Um, McDermott explains why a series was better than a film trilogy. 
it became clear the best, most epic story we could tell would be multi-episode, six-hour-long epic love story about these two rediscovering themselves, reconnecting and setting off to reclaim their family. Um, they talk about having Rick Grimes and Andrew Lincoln back as essential. I think it's critical because Rick Grimes really is The Walking Dead. It was his story. We started the story with him. So it made me realise The Walking Dead evolved into a lot of different things, all of them very entertaining and all of them very powerful and emotional, but the Rick Grimes of it really stands on its own, and I'm really excited about where that's headed. Um, and so that must mean Rick and or Michonne will be in the series finale, right? God, I hope so. Showrunner and EP Angela King offered, fuck, I hate the way that I answer a question. I can't answer that question, but I appreciate you asking. And The Walking Dead... Uh, I don't know, even know what that is. CCO, what? Uh, what is that? CCO is like coordinating chief officer or something. Uh, Scott Gimple was more brutally honest, adding, "I'd never tell you that in a million years." And what about Carol? You're asking, Rich. What about Carol? Well, there was a lot of unnecessary social media drama surrounding the announcement that McBride would be unable to appear in the Daryl Dixon spin-off movie overseas. We really covered hints that McBride is far from done from the role. Um, readers told you so the, their journey's not over they will meet down the road you can pretty much bet all your money I read all these people whining about it and I just have to keep my mouth shut that, but there will be a lot of foots in a lot of mouths at some point so we will be telling stories with each of them moving forward I've never stopped talking to Melissa about this who plays Carol um, I'm thrilled with the idea of it and I'm very optimistic for the future of telling some cool Carol stories so there you go. That was a lot of information, Rich, um, that I wanted to get out to listeners about The Walking Dead. We know it's one of my passions. I'm excited that they're going to close down, I feel, a lot of the unnecessary characters of the main show and kind of spin it off with the marquee characters. What do you think, Rich? Do you think it'll work? Uh, I'm glad you got that all off your chest. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, come on. What I'm, what, what's basically happening, Rich? Just to break it down. No, 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 no. I don't need you to go through it all again, Dave. <laughs> no, but I'm. They're spinning off the marquee characters and getting rid of all the other storylines. Do you think okay. it will work? Do you think it will work, or are they thinning the broth too much? I mean, does Walking Dead work now? I don't know. Well, it's successful. It's got a, a viewership base. It's 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 battled on for like eleven or twelve seasons or something. Like it's gone on for a long time. I don't hear anyone talking about Walking Dead other than you. I was going to say, what about me? What about me? Other than you <laughs> on the show, not a single person I know or anything. I, no one talks about Walking Dead except for you that I know. So I don't know. I don't know how successful it actually is. <laughs> Michelle and me keep watching it. We are the Walking Dead by this point, as the show so infamously said. Um, now, we had some news. Now, we all know State of Decay 2 is a game that I've devoted hundreds of hours of my life to and have never been able to beat. We'll never finish. No, it's very, very fucking nihilistic and frustrating, and I do feel like putting the gun in my mouth sometimes when I'm playing that game. Now, State of Decay 3, which I'm not even sure I'm ready for because State of Decay 2 was such a fucking grind. State of Decay 3 is being developed in Unreal Engine 5 with the help of the Gears of War studio. Um, and that's basically all the news there is, Rich. But there, but it is moving forward. I, I can please, if you're listening, make it less of a fucking grind. The game was so depressing and long and slow and just deathly. It was so fucking hard. Like, uh, am I the only person in the world who can't finish State of Decay Two? 
I mean, I am the only person who will play in the game. Dude. Oh my god! Like, yeah, I, I, I put in hundreds of hours, and I was like, I'm not enjoying this. It's depressing. Everyone's dying. Like, I, I, you know, I was like, oh my god, I was reduced. Anyway, um, moving to the next news item: Diablo Immortal players are facing massive orb debt after Blizzard cracks down on resellers. Players who purchase cheap eternal orbs from third-party resellers are suddenly deep in the hole. There's some sort of weird black market transaction happening here, Rich. You're kind of more the guy over the Warcraft stuff. What is going on? No idea, man. I oh, mean, I'm, I'm, no, I mean, I don't know what's happening with fucking Diablo. I don't, I'm not following that game. But right. I mean, there's always going to be um, black market anything. It's like sure. any game where you can trade things, sell things, all that sort of mm. stuff. There's always going to be people. I mean, that's in, again, any game that has that. Like a marketplace. Sell, there's, yeah, there's, there's not even just a marketplace. Just any place that where you can trade with someone. Yeah. So, for instance, if I... In-game, if I get a really, really expensive um, or, or rare drop yeah. or, or mount or weapon or something like that, uh-huh. I could literally sell it for real-world money and just give it to the person. And they better pray that I give them the thing after I transfer right. it. Right, yeah. Live money. Um, you know, like in World yeah. of Warcraft, back in the day, there was people that would sell gold, in-game gold, for real money. Right. You know, they were called gold farmers, and there was an actual business out of it. You know, there was actual. It wasn't there people illegal. in China? Wasn't there people in yeah. China doing crazy and, and that, shit? And that was illegal, by the way. Like you were not allowed to sell gold for real money in the game. But again, if hey, there's a, you know, if there's a, a way to do capitalism. something illegal, someone will. Do, well, capitalism doesn't mean criminal, but okay. Yeah, but but it's capitalism in its rawest form. Okay, the regulation, the regulation's a different thing, but. There was a market. There was an industry. Why was it illegal? Why can't people do what the fuck they want? Why does it have to be regulated? Like it's a stupid um, game. Because it's one, you have to give someone your details. Yeah. This person can um, steal your identity, steal your money. Sure. You but that's let the buyer beware. Let the buyer beware. I no, saw. that's no, no. But again, it's but here's the thing: you have to crack down on it because you would be responsible. Then, do you know what I mean? Like. If people are doing it in your game and sure. people are getting ripped off, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're the one who's going to get sued. So True. what you say is, that you say, no, 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 this is this is illegal. This is against the terms of service. You are not allowed to do this because okay. we are protecting I've got players, a question. So. I've got a question. And this is a question from Dum Dum. Um, I'm playing my Xbox. You know I like playing Dragon's Dogma, yeah? And mm-hmm. let's say I pick up, or Dragon's Age Inquisition, I pick up some awesome cool sword, as you say, from a drop. But it's just, it's just a, you know, it's a computer sword, dude. It's not a real sword. Um, are people somehow, am I, am I somehow selling that to someone else so they get if, it? Well, you, well, not so, well, not so much in Dragon Age because it's a single-player game. We're right. talking about, you can only do this in multiplayer games. Ah, uh, I see, right. In, in online multiplayer games, so. So in the real world, let's assume it was a multiplayer game. Okay, and you're like, man, I really want that fucking sword you've got. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, how much? And you're like, well, I'll pay you five grand, real money. So you're transferring $5,000 into my bank account. And am I like, and excuse me if this sounds stupid, am I walking up to you in the game and just giving it to you? Or is it some sort of weird. Well, you could give you, you could thing? trade it to me or you could mail it to me in game. Like, as usually right. most of these sort of games have like in game mail. Oh. And all that sort of stuff. So right. either way, but as so I it's said, quite possible. Better... Then it's quite possible that there's a black market 
you know, going. Well, there's a black market in almost any online, um, mm. um, any online game. How are they going to work that out, though? Like, I, I mean, I guess they could somehow, but like, if if the transaction takes place outside of the game, you know, how are they going to know that that five grand got transferred from your account into my account? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not happening in game so much. Well, well, it is happening in game. For instance, um, as a developer, I mean, your your system, your games tell you who's who's trading when things change hands. Like, sure. That's all coded in the game. So if they notice it's a particular sure. person. So it could be audited or something. It be, like, just to give an example of World of Warcraft, which is why they would create, um, like the gold farmers would create a brand new character. Yeah. Um, uh, tell you where to meet them, you know, <laughs> in one of the cities that run up to you that give you the thing. Mm. And then they would delete that character because they can track. Yeah. If, if, if you didn't create a new character, they could track, hang on, this guy here, he's just handing out 50,000 gold coins to like a whole bunch of people. He's clearly a, a, a gold seller. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, wow. Like you got to wear, but they can, they can see. And I mean, um, their game will tell them any, any transaction that's happened or any yeah. handoff, any trade that's happened in the game. It's all in the code. Like it's yeah. all recorded. Cool. Yeah, it's it's it, it's insane. Like I, I guess this is happening amongst the real diehard fans too, isn't it? Like, you know, like th- th- this is happening to people who are very invested in Diablo or World of Warcraft. Or I'm whatever. sorry, I, I don't mean to sound nicely, but I mean the, these people that you know, I don't care how rare something is in, and and, and I'm someone who's played online games like most of my life, right? Sure. Um, I have no sympathies for these people who go and spend thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars on real world, real world cash no, on right. something fucking digital. Well, they're too I'm stupid. Sorry. They're all, they've all, they've got mum and daddy's credit card, probably. You know, they're idiots. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're idiots. But like, how different? Like, I get what you're saying, but it, it feels like the the reason that the game is cracking down on it is just because they don't want the cops getting involved. You know, or the bad press. Well, that's the point. Well, not just that, but they will be liable. Mm. If they're allowing this to happen in the game, then they can be held liable. They could be sued. If someone doesn't get their fucking orb or whatever, they can be sued. So they have to be seen as taking uh, steps to eliminate the... Just like scalping is not legal. You Mm. know what I mean? Mm. Like, people do it. People scalp tickets. I tell you what, though, it's a grey area because you can go on. If you're in the states, you can go on to Ticket Hub or whatever, and and you're getting those tickets easily. You know. Yeah, but you can't. My point is that, like, if you're buying them all in bulk, like if you're buying all the tickets mm. and then you're reselling them at a higher thing, that's not. Yeah. Um, that is not. But people do area. it. People do it. Oh no, they do. Yeah. That's my no. I'm not, mate. People do everything they're not supposed to. That's sure. Just, that's the yeah. point. Like, but what I'm saying is that that. And that's why companies try and crack down. That's why then they've got to put those rules in one per customer or two per customer and all this sort of shit because there is people that oh. will buy everything they can and then try and sell it at a higher price. That's so. crazy. Yeah, I, I'm like the cheapest man in the world. I, I don't think I've ever spent... I, I reckon... I'm not sure I've ever spent any extra on a game in the in the sort of like you could... You know, in Assassin's Creed, you could spend real money if you wanted to. Uh, I've never done that in my life. I've never even considered it. Um, but I do know that it's there. So in Assassin's Creed, they've got the daily quests where you earn orbs, or I think they're called, or whatever they're called, and, and you can 
you can use those to buy cool items. But I, I mean, I've never really paid that much attention to it. But um, you can buy real money and you can spend and get the heaps of orbs and buy these items and stuff. But I always think it's just a huge scam, you know? Like, it's just a way... Like, it's, again, it's designed to um, uh, slow your progress. Mm. So if they're like, oh, hey, you need, let's you know, just give an example. Let's say you need 100 of these orbs mm-hmm. to be able to buy this weapon or this mount or whatever. But uh, you can only get one orb yeah. per day. Yeah. Well, that's going to take you 100 days to get those orbs. Or you could pay us, you know, 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give you 50 of those orbs or, yeah. or 20 of those orbs. That's going to help, you know, shorten your your time before you can buy that lovely weapon that you that you want to get. Or... They're called, is that microtransactions? It's microtransactions. And, um, I, yeah, I, I just think people, I mean, Jesus Christ, there's people that have spent almost their life savings on games. <laughs> That's pretty and funny. I just... I just no, no, some people have really been harsh. They have a problem. It's like a gambling addiction. I go, yeah, but I also, yeah, I also think that people, if they got a gambling addiction, need to get help. Like you yeah. can't just say, "Oh, I have a problem," and keep doing it. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. People who put their all their money into the pokies and all that kind of stuff. You know, it, I mean, it's sad. It is sad, but oh no, no, no. Here's the thing: I don't have a problem with people playing the pokies as long as you don't develop a problem. Like, yeah, if but... you're the sort of person you're like, oh, you know, I go out every Friday night, we go for drinks, and then I'll, you know, spend an hour in the pokies just to have a bit of fun, you know, maybe spend 20 bucks. That's fine. Mm. Look, that uh, look if you want to spend, like, if you want to buy something in the game, I'm not going to hold that against you, right? Mm. If you want to buy a, a, a glamour or you want to buy a, a mount or something like yeah, that, I've got nothing within, against it's you. It's within reason. What I'm talking about is, yeah. yeah, it's the people who go and spend thousands of dollars yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. to get the stuff that's where you kind but, of go, uh, listen, unfortunately you unfortunately and i'm sorry to sound like this as soon as you have these things whether it be pokies alcohol drugs in-game fucking objects that have real world price there will always be a percentage of people you know who are who basically have no self-control you know um whether you call it addiction, whether you call it impulse, you know, you know, they, they, they just got impulse. They just can't help themselves. Whatever you call it, there'll always be those kind of people. You'll always have those dregs of society. Oh, but you know? yes, but the, the, the sad thing about most people is they, they know, but they just refuse to do something about it. Like, sure. yeah, all well and good. You're like, Oh, I've got a problem. Okay. But what steps are you taking yeah, but I, but to do like, it? I'm going to sound heartless here, but like, honestly, if it's not my kind of, you know, close circle, whether that be close family or close friends, I don't care. You know, I'm just like, well, that's just too bad. You know, like, yeah, you, you like the fucking needle in the arm. All right, well, you've cursed yourself. I mean, you know? I look, I, I don't know. I do I do care, but I have, I, my caring has a, um, a limit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, yeah. w- w- maybe you don't, you know, sometimes you don't know you have an addictive personality until you get addicted to something. Do you know what I mean? And that's how you discover, dude, oh, fuck, I, I've, I, I'm probably I've got addicted, an addictive personality. I'm probably addicted to, like, comics or something, right, technically. Yeah. You know? Like, so what? You know, like, you know, I keep it within limits in terms of spending, that's for sure. But, you know, we're all addicted to something. I mean, you could be addicted to fucking running. You know, like there's people who run too much and hurt their knees and should not know when to stop. And I don't know, like, you know, it's the same with that. Look, I don't want to get down this road, but like some people, when they're abusing things and 
you know, Pete, and look, I totally believe that, that, that there should be appropriate therapy and try to rehab them and all that. I definitely agree with that. But if they keep on reoffending and reoffending and reoffending, and, and it's clear that the, the therapy and the rehab's not working, at a certain point, I kind of raise my hands and say, well, then what will be will be. I'm sorry, but like that's just the way it is. I mean, so yeah. we, we could go out tonight, Rich, somewhere, and go, I want to buy heroin. And I buy heroin and inject myself. And I'm an idiot, you know, because I made the decision. I'm sorry. Like, at some point in my life, these people made these decisions, you know, and it's a slippery slope. And these people who are spending, like, it's innocent in a way. I can understand it. They're buying the in-game stuff. If you keep all these fucking limits, who gives a shit? It's your own money. But if you're getting, like, a second mortgage in your house and you're spending 20 yeah. You know? But again, but you know, yes, I agree with you. But I also, the companies also have to take, and 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 the shady people have to take responsibility because one, the companies design their games to be addictive. Sure, they design the games to purposely. But that's trap the same people. with poker machines or casinos. No, no, you know. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just talking about games, though. Mm. I'm just talking about everything. I'm talking about companies. They design, mm. you know, like casinos. Mm. There's a reason why casinos don't have any fucking windows. Because they don't want you to see how much time is passed, how much time you're spending sure. in the place. You know what I mean? And that's why they're like, oh, here's a complimentary drink and all that. It's all to keep you there. So my point is, and, and that's why it's important for you as a person to, one, yes, acknowledge that you may have a problem mm. or that you've got a problem, and then to do something because the unfortunate thing is everyone is going to want to take advantage of your I think it comes down to the individual person. I really do. I Casinos are there. They're a fact of life that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, unfortunately, you know, most people, if I went, I, I don't mind going to the casino in a blue fucking moon, but if I go to the casino with Michelle or something, we have a good time, we have a few drinks, there's a little bit of gambling, you know, there's a, you might see a show, and then you leave. <laughs> you know, that's it. Like, it's fun. You go there expecting that you're going to spend some money. Yeah, but, no, but again, but again, Dave, I agree with you, but I also disagree with you. Okay, I'll give you an example, right? Mm. Let's say you've got a bit of an anger problem, right? Sure. Right. Let, let's just say you, you, you're quick to anger, you have an anger problem, you've got a short fuse, you know, maybe it's something that you feel that you should work on. Sure. And then I come along and yeah. I know <laughs> that you've got an anger problem. Yeah. So what I do is I keep, I keep prodding you, I keep prodding you yeah. until you, and you keep losing your cool. Now, whose fault is that? Yes, it is your fault to an extent that you have such an anger issue, but I've also got to take responsibility that I'm, I'm purposely provoking you sure, because I know a that you have an anger That's issue. a different from a casino, though. No, no, no. But my point is uh, casinos are designed to um, to almost like but develop... But if you've got a, a gambling... If you've got a massive gamble... And I'm not a huge gambler, so I don't know why I'm defending them. But, <clears throat> excuse me, if you are a huge gambler and have a real problem, um, don't go to the casino. You know? Yeah, but my point is you developed that problem before you maybe knew you had it because you went to a casino for the first time yeah. and the casinos there are designed yeah. to basically give you the problem, like I, I, to, to, yeah, to draw that bit, problem like, out of you I'm sorry and if then I all sound, of a sudden you got the problem. I'm sorry if I sound heartless, but I'm, I'm like too, too bad, so sad. Like that's society. That's, you know, that's the way of the world. Like everyone's got their fucking hand out, dude. Everyone's yeah. trying to grind you for cash. So... You know, if you're foolish enough to fall down that rabbit hole, hopefully, like everyone's, I mean, everyone's had a bad night at a casino. I've had a bad night at a casino when I was young and lost money. You know, we've all been burned. Yeah, um, Dave, but, I'm, but yeah. you may not have, 
for a casino, for, for something that like is gambling, you may not have an addictive personality, but some people do. Yeah, but like, I'm sort of like, uh, so what? Like, you know, what are we supposed to do about it? Like, nothing. No, I'm not, again, I'm not <laughs> making excuses. I'm saying it's up to that person to get help. So at the end of it the day, is. I'm just saying, I'm not as harsh as you. We are just going, fuck him. Fuck him. Well, you know, I'm just, but, I don't give a shit. That's I'm like, I what said, am I supposed know, to do? You know? But what if, my point is, I am sympathetic, but only up until a point where if it's yeah. been like five years and you're still going to the casino and you're not getting help or if it was a sticking, close then, friend, then yes, I don't have any sympathy. If it was for a that close person. friend and a, or a family member who had this problem, I would certainly be one of the first people to try to dissuade them, especially if it was a family member. Um, that said, if it kept happening, I would have a, a finite limit of patience. If it's just some random off the street, like, there's people out there tonight, dude, shooting up in fucking alleys. There's people down there losing their shirts at the casino right now. I couldn't care less. I'm like... Mm, I I do feel bad for this. I don't... So. I, I feel almost... Me. I feel almost nothing. You know? Mm-hmm. Zero. For you, Dave. For you. <laughs> like, you know... I, I, I'm glad to hear that you have no empathy, Dave. <laughs> I said I had some of it was a family That's- member. That's no, no, no. I, did I, say. I, I, I don't. I don't even believe you when you say that. Dave. And I did say. Did you hear me say close friends? And but you, I don't even believe you when well, you say yeah, that. Well, yeah, but believe you me, there's not you're that many. Honest, you're saying that to sound less sociopathic, <laughs> but I don't believe that you would even feel sympathy for your family or your friends. I would feel a, a bit for my family for sure, um, and I would, but but a close family. Not, not the third, fourth cousin stuff. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> you know, like, I just love that you have limits. <laughs> massively have limits, dude. Yeah, for sure. Um, anyway, so she, moving it, that was pretty cool stuff. I really enjoyed that stuff. And, and you know, if anyone's a gambling addict out there, uh, two reactions. Rich is worried about you. I'm sort of like, well, you know. Fuck you. That's well, what you're if I can li- you. Live by the dice, you know, die by the dice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um Chip Zdarsky and Leonardo Romaro uh, to tell Batman. I'm not even sure how to say this. It's the thing Grant Morrison created. The ZNR. ZNR. I guess it's not as hard when you spell it out phonetically. Um, year one. I'm not sure if this is needed, frankly. Um, the year one of the crazy Grant Morrison creation, which was the backup personality of Batman when he's really drugged out of his mind. Um, they we- got to do year. Got to do year one on something. Yeah, but dude, it's not even a real thing. It's it's it's, but a, you know. it's Batman related, my friend, and we've done <laughs> we've, we can't do another year one of the actual Batman. So like, oh, let's do a year one of a made up Batman or a and <laughs> gentle Batman or <laughs> They're really grasping at straws now, aren't they? They're like you remember that like fake Batman that's like it's actually Bruce Wayne, it's just like a backup personality. Yeah, let's do year one. I'm like what does it even mean? Like the creation of that, like by Batman, I guess. Like who knows? Yeah. Well, they're doing oh, it. They're doing oh, it. to be garbage. Well, Chip Zdarsky's Batman hasn't been too bad so far. Um, you know, Chip Zdarsky's done some decent work. I, I'm look. The problem is, I could kind of see what they're going to do. It's going to be all about mental training and stuff, and blah blah blah. And there's going to be some tragedy which happens like Batman, you know, 
put it to the bottom of a river or something and he has to go into that personality you know, scope. I, I don't mind these year ones, but it would be nice if they could actually fucking expand it. You know what I mean? Like, let's have a let's have a Firestorm year one. Let's have a Martian Manhunter year one. You know, let's have even sure. a fucking Aquaman year one. Let's have a Flash year one. Like, sure. how about we fucking, how about we expand this year one shit and not just have it be about Superman and Batman and hey, two about uh, Wonder Woman. Chuck Dixon did uh, Batgirl year one and he did Nightwing. Oh, they've done year Robin year one. They've Robin? done Nightwing year one yeah. but Chuck my point is it's, it's either superman or batman related like let's yeah yeah i hear what you're saying you know l- let's expand it adam year one would you like that Richard? yeah look, what i would you know what i would like a year one on almost every character so bring it on yeah i guess why not um hawkman year one there's been about yeah. 17 different hawkman year ones it's hard to keep up yeah so we'll just pick one and do a year one <laughs> yeah actually you know what i'd like to see jonah hex year one actually there you go Dealing with him back in the in the, when he was fighting for the maybe like you know and how he first decided to become a bounty hunter like yeah that'd be, I, that'd be all right yeah better than Zer and Arth year one which I think is stupid mm-hmm. uh, Keanu Reeves will return as Johnny Silverhand in Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven Phantom Liberty and the trailer sees him warn V about an oath they just took swearing allegiance to the new United States of America. Um, also, Cyberpunk's broken police system will get a complete overhaul. The cop system, as well as vehicle-to-vehicle combat, is getting a complete overhaul in a new patch, Rich. So, will that, draw, will that draw you back to the game? I haven't even started the game, let alone come back to it. That so. was a joke, actually, at your expense. Um... <laughs> I, bought the, I actually bought the game for like 18 bucks. I really? just have never played it. It's good, man. Um, the up not really from the sounds of it, they're patching it still. I fucking love you know, I love the game. Stop talking badly about Cyberpunk. I love it. I don't understand why everyone was so anti it. Like, after the patches, after the patches, it became very plain. You're a Ubisoft fan, we've really established that you're like it's not Ubisoft, uh, though, Rich. It's no, 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 no. Can I finish it? Can I finish what I was going to say? We already know whether you've been a Ubisoft fan, your bar is so low. That this is acceptable to you, so well, that it's was fine. even more insulting than how you started it. Like <laughs> we had to pause for you to insult me more. Anyway, now some news. Well, it would have been over quick if you if you didn't interrupt me. So <laughs> now there'll be some news that you'll be very happy about: the upcoming Batman HBO Max movie, <laughs> Batman as Tekka, uh, Choak D. Imperis has found its starring voice actor. And first, Mexican Caped Crusader. So they're kind of farming out the Batman concept to the Aztecs now, I believe, Rich. Um, yeah, so in their determination just to keep on going with Batman. Like, so awesome. Throw the Batman brand out there. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is back on the prowl for a new chief of DC film and TV content as former frontrunner Dan Lin is no longer in the mix. He dropped out for uh, out of the negotiation phase for a number of reasons. The main one being his commitment to two other companies, you know, a non-profit, non-profit rideback rise and his production company rideback. I mean, it sounds to me like it was a price thing. You know, they couldn't meet his price. That was that was basically what that boils down to. Boy, he was just like, I don't know if I want to get on the sinking ship. Yeah, uh, well, I agree. Well, the only reason you can get on it is for a huge price tag. You know, um, how about this? NFT expert has imagined a hopeful future where po- <laughs> where poor people serve as real life NPCs in games. If you thought gold farming was bad, wait until you see this vision of the future. 
So I don't even understand what that means. Like, are they going to act and like be motion captured and stuff? If they're going to be NPCs in games, or are they going to be stuck? controlling their character having to walk around the same city block and stuff like that to be paid like a pittance what do you think i uh no idea mate i honestly don't know that seems Um, very odd to me i mean why is that any better than just the you know uh i mean i'm not sure you want to say to some poor person (laughs) hey do you want to be a a real life npc in this uh new uh uh, grand theft auto game (laughs) you know we promise nothing bad will happen to you well if they're paid it's the classic thing where it's like you go to the wino on the street and you know he'll do anything. Fight each other. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, but I'm saying it's that. It's exactly that kind of thing. It's it, it's like where they're going to the lowest part of society where they know that these people are so desperate. It's so predatory. It's it's sickening for, to me. Actually, you, you know? speak of that. Do you know what? Do you know what batshit crazy movie I watched the other day? Uh, Hobo with a shotgun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've not watched that it. movie. Is fucking. I I I was mind blown at how just crazy fucked up that movie is like it's is it Rutger Hauer yeah it's, it's uh, Rutger Hauer yeah it was I think it was done in like 2013 or something yeah, like that I remember when it came um, out I never watched it um what a fucking bizarre movie though I was just like I think I was watching the movie with like my with my mouth agape like the yeah. whole time just going what the f- what is happening like what yeah. is going on wow yeah um, yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, now, Crystal Dynamics now has control of Tomb Raider and Legacy of Kane games. Who cares about those, man? Well, I care Deus about Ex. Tomb Raider. Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Is that also part of their thing? Yeah. Okay, all right. I remember that was a big game, like, fucking 15 years ago, Rich. Um, but I won't even, I, it's too boring to even read it out, but that's basically what's happened. The developer is now in full control of those games, um, obviously after some deals lapsed. Um, now, finally, wrapping up the news, you were a big Overwatch fan, weren't you? Oh, yeah, way way back in the day when it first came out, and then it just turned to absolute shit, and it's dead to me now. Okay, well, Overwatch 2 will lock new heroes behind the Battle Pass, and fans aren't happy. Either pay for them outright, or grind your way through the free track. Your choice. It's pretty bleak, isn't it, when they're like, fuck you. You buy the... You know what annoys me, Rich? And I'm going to sound old-fashioned. You go and buy these games, uh, which can cost anything these days from $69 to like $89 Australian, and you take them home, and then they expect you to keep on paying for the content. I hate it. Like, you know, I buy this game. It should be good enough that I play it. You know, I get little patches and stuff, but I shouldn't have to keep on spending and, you know, the only thing that I will allow is that they give you a proper full delo- downloadable content. And even then I'm loath to pay for it, you know? Um, well, uh, the problem with this is that this is what... So, okay, we, back in the day... And again, I, I never had a problem with with Overwatch's um, um, monetization, right? Mm-hmm. Because what they said was you buy the game and... Every DLC, every new character is free. Yep. But we've got loot boxes in the game. Now, the loot boxes do not affect the game in any way, mm-hmm. right? It's just stickers, cosmetics, yeah, emotes, all that. You know, it's just, hey, if you want to, you, you can earn the loot boxes by playing the game or you can. Now, I thought that was a fair trade because anytime a new hero came out, you got it free automatically. Yeah. Anytime a new map came out, you got it free automatically. But how they were subsidizing instead of charging 
people like what they used to do back in the day was you used to buy the new map packs and you had to buy the new characters and they would you would have to keep constantly paying to have the latest version of the game right, right yeah and i thought this was a good way around it because i didn't have to buy the fucking uh loot boxes so i was just like cool i just bought the game i get the free i get the new heroes i get the new maps and i don't have to buy the loot boxes i can i can just play the game yeah and there were some people that bought the loot boxes good for them whatever if you want to buy loot boxes and you're like oh i feel like i've got an extra 20 bucks i'm going to buy some loot boxes see if i get anything whatever um but now obviously people are like oh, stop putting loot boxes in games so they're like okay well now if we spend time creating a new hero and a new map when we add it in you're going to have to pay for it so yeah but but like i don't know i i, I think that sucks like they well, Dave, I don't mean that. No, Dave, they built the game. Mm. You bought the game. Mm. But it, let's say the game is now been like for Overwatch, it's been played for like the last five years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they are now over that five years are yeah, yeah, paying that. someone yeah, yeah. to create a new character, design the character, or design a completely new map. Yeah, and yeah. then they added it into the game later. Well, I don't mean so nicely, but yeah, you probably should pay for that. But like, that's not that different from the downloadable it. stuff that Assassin's Creed does. Like, they do the downloadable content, which comes out like the uh, you know the Isle the the Island you know game, the Paris one. They're like you buy for them, but, and you had to pay for that, right? Yes, yeah, it doesn't sound that different. Exactly, but but like, it's what, not. But how much money are we talking? Like, I, I get the impression like well, it's a factory that's just churning stuff out. Like, constantly. I'm assuming. Well, again, I mean, Jesus, uh, the first Overwatch um, from the inception of the game to probably what it is now, they've probably released like ten new heroes into that game. Mm. I think they've created like. Seven or eight new maps, That's all that, that sort many. of stuff. I mean, yeah. um, well, a map, much, but then there's also the game modes and stuff and all that. Um, it, well, that's just from when I remember. There could have been more. I stopped playing the game, so I couldn't. Uh-huh. I couldn't give you exact numbers, but I mean, they've definitely added a lot to the game. So, but my point is, you know, that's additional stuff. They got to get paid for it somewhere. Now, again, I thought the loot boxes was a great system because they basically said to people. Those people who want to buy loot boxes can buy loot boxes, and those people that don't, don't. But you all get the latest hero. You all get the latest map, so you're all playing the same game. Oh, yeah. that was pretty fair. I thought that was pretty fucking fair. But, you know, people whinged and moaned, hey, get your loot boxes at the game. Okay, well, now you're going to have to pay for the new content. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. It's it, it, all it's all based around it's, it's this debate. I mean, about... They're complaining about shit that's been like that forever. I'm sorry, but go back 20 years, go back 15 years. Whenever Call of Duty came out, you either bought the Battle Pass, mm. which meant that any future content, like if you bought a Battle Pass up front, then any future content you got. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Or you paid for it as it came out. But that's what it's been like for 20 oh, years. Oh, yeah, There's no. no yeah, they were... Can't complain about it going back to that way because now they're not... Oh, yeah, no, no. Since the advent of like the 360s and stuff... I, I remember around that period that when the 360 came out and it would have been the, what the PS3, uh, th- that period there really was where it really started where you could buy the passes to get the content and they were really well, ramping up. At that stage, there was more multiplayer games. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, play uh, Xbox One. Um, the I mean, the Xbox One did have multiplayer in terms of Halo and all that, but my point it was very rare. Mm. 
um, and then when you started getting like your Rainbow Six Vegas, Call of Duties, your um, Battlefields, all that sort of stuff, th th there was more multiplayer games, and they wanted these games to play longer. They wanted people to keep coming back, so mm. they would make new maps, make new blah blah. But that costs money. That's resources. Someone they paid someone to do it. They got to mm. kind of re recoup some money. Now, I'm not a fan of of locking things down like behind DLC that they already made. Mm before the game came out and then they're I like, like oh you know that 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 i'm not for but if they are continuously making new stuff and adding it to a game well that's commerce i mean someone's got to pay for it sure sure yeah it's fair enough yeah i don't know like um that's why i like the loot box system because other people could pay and i didn't have to <laughs> yeah yeah no i hear you yeah these streets with you Here I am with this old guitar Doing what I do Always expected That you would see me through I never believed in much But I believed
distorted Not clear to you Sometimes the beauty of love Just comes ringing through New glass in the window Richard's Weekly Comics. Okay, uh, two Superman flashbacks up first. Superman 276, which was a very entertaining story. Uh, Elliot S. Magan, and it was basically uh, Captain Thunder, which was obviously their, um, I mean, it was very obviously their Captain Marvel kind of ripoff. Um, it must have been shortly before they acquired um, uh, or brought Captain Marvel into the into the DC universe because it was very much a a dry run for it, wasn't it? It literally was. Like, it was almost literally the story of Captain Marvel, but done through Captain Thunder, and it was them fighting each other. I found this very entertaining. Um, did you like it, Rich? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was very odd. <laughs> um, like, because uh, at first I thought it was like, I didn't even, like, uh, look at the cover properly. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's uh, Captain Marvel, and then... Uh, but then the character's name was um, Captain Willie. Yeah. No, no, but the it wasn't Billy Batson. It was uh, Willie. Um, uh, it was very similar. Uh, no, no, they named him after the uh, uh, Fawcett. Willie Fawcett, yeah, which was Fawcett Willie Comics, Fawcett. yeah, yeah, and uh, and then it was Captain Thunder, and I, I quite like the. Um, he, he, I think he got it from a, uh, so he got his powers from a, like a, a, a Native American. Yeah, like a shaman sort almost. Of medicine man yeah. kind of thing. And the, they spelled it like the thunder is like tornado and hair. And <laughs> I've got a question. I've got a question for you. Uh, and this is a question I'll ask Elias Magan. I know that they made him evil in the other dimension when he, when he trapped those people and that when he turned into Captain Thunder, that's why he was evil. When Superman had him, and it was like you can't move thunder, not a muscle, not a muscle. I won't let you go till you do what you have to do. When he changes um, back and and goes, is he still evil? Uh, I'm not too sure. I think possibly because he was forced to use the wisdom. Right. Um, okay. I think he was he was able to um, sort of break the spell uh because yeah because he used the the, gotcha because that makes sense and now that i'm reading it here it says and 
eerie, indefinable glow begins to radiate from Thunder's eyes. The glow of understanding. So yeah, okay, he, potentially he's broken that 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 curse, for want of a better word. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm giving it an eight point five out of ten. I I found it extremely enjoyable. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was. It was very charming, very funny. Um, I, I give it like an eight out of ten. Yeah. Um, and yeah, eight out of ten from you. And then next up, Rich, what was the one we had? It was Superman. It was two. Nine. Uh, it was a very short one about crypto. Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was episode uh, two eight seven. Now, really, it was a short one. I think you even said we may have done this before on the show. I don't even recall, but um, it was like crypto. Uh, you know what? It does ring a bell. Crypto kind of romancing with this other dog. And then uh, it was the return of Crypto, whose mind had been wiped, um, mm. basically, uh, which was sad to, to see. But it was kind of literally the return of Crypto. Um, and he comes back to Superman, and then the other dog doesn't want anything to do with him because he's too fancy, basically, for the for, the, for that dog. Like, he's too crazy. He's too, too much of a stud. He's yeah. too powerful. He's too Chad. Yeah. And, he's um, a giga Chad. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want anything to do with him. She's scared of him. And, and but crypto's happy because he's with Superman. So I mean, for me, another good issue, seven point five out of ten. I I I I really enjoyed it. I think it's good stuff, man. Yeah, it was again short, little charming story, and uh, yeah, it was Superman was very happy to have crypto back. Yeah, and wh- why wouldn't he be happy to have crypto back? Crypto's a great dog. Um, you know, dogs are a man's best friend after all. So yeah, he's a, he's a great dog, and I like the way it explained that crypto kind of forgot. Not that Superman exactly went looking for him, you know, like how much time had passed between that appearance. I'd like to know that, actually. If there's a reader out there who knows how much time had passed between the last appearance of Crypto in the continuity and that appearance, you know what I mean? Like, because clearly he was around all the time in Superboy. Where was Crypto, you know, until then? Until, like, 1973 or whenever? Well, I mean, I assume that probably Crypto went and off had his own adventures, so maybe Superman was just like, ah, he's probably doing, you know, Crypto shit, and he'll be back when he'll be back. In fairness, in the old Avengers, Crypto did go in and out of space all the time by himself. Yeah, so he's probably like, ah, he's off having an adventure somewhere. Good old Crypto. Um, I'm going to watch that League of Super Pets, actually. I haven't watched it. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I want, I want to check that out. Then we had your choice, Richie, what an Adam Strange uh, flashback. And I said uh, Just League 138, which was an Adam Strange team-up issue with an alien Green Lantern, Rich. What did you think? Yeah, it was good to know that in those times the Green Lantern core survived much longer than it does in the current DC. <laughs> well, they just die. Well, don't forget in the... Legion of Superheroes, there's a gold lantern, but there's no green lanterns. But that would be further in the future than this, wouldn't it? No, this one I think is... The 30th century. Yeah, I don't know. This is like the 27... Okay. Was it 2,700 and something, I think? I mean, it's right. pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, um, look, enjoyable uh, and fun to see Adam Strange uh, sort of the villain, really, almost, you know? Yeah, so basically he's, he goes to the future where he think like, you know, because again, he's like a hero mm. in like current times and he doesn't understand that in this world, um, all the things that look like natural disasters or imminent threats are actually just like high tech. Yeah, um, exactly. It actually helps the world. And so he's actually, yeah. Um, but I like that it ended on a cliffhanger as well mm, where um, they're like, oh, we doomed the Justice League. 
um da, 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 on this adventure i was thinking like, we do I, the I was next almost one. like oh my god we should do the next one because i want to know how they do <laughs> yeah no i think we will do the, the next issue of just league in next week as a flashback why not just to continue the story you know, yeah, because it has like it has his wife been like, oh, we we've killed the Justice League, we've doomed them to someone. What have what, you done? What do you think, you Alana? What do you think about Tom King's thing with he's potentially a war criminal and stuff? No, I, 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 I don't read that bullshit seriously. I, I just think it's just taking all the fun out of DC Comics, like basically, like all I'm, the wonder and everything. And I I guess this is why, like, when you say to me, why are you not sort of like interested in like the stuff and all that? I'm not, I'm not really. I think the deconstruction of heroes has just become too prevalent. Like yeah. everyone yeah. seems to want to deconstruct heroes now and make them darker, make them, you know, really like, um, you know, it, it was something that did, they did back in the day, a bit more sparingly. Whereas now it's like, it's just, fuck, it's everywhere. You know, especially I, I, with Tom yeah. King. Tom King's only fucking uh, mm. um, modus operandi now is, yeah. Um, just shit on the characters, just like really oh, like ruin them, ruin them. He's as very ham fisted as well. I mean, I you know, and I I'm sort of surprised he gets away with you it. Know. Like they keep, I mean, you know, like I mean, know, just in the last two shit. I mean, the last two things he's done, which is the uh, heroes in crisis. He completely, you know, he completely awful. fucked up uh, Wally West, you know, um, uh, and, and other characters. And in this one, not only did he ruin Adam Strange. But he he ruined uh, Guy Gardner as well. He literally made Guy Gardner a a, a woman beater, and you wow. know you're just like, what is wrong he with really? you? Like, yeah, remember because they they end up killing Guy Gardner. Um, oh, there was you know, some issue of something where Guy Gardner got turned into ice and it was smashed. It, it, it was in the um, Human Target. Right. Yeah. Well, that sucked. You know, and but, I just Tom yeah. King, something wrong with him, man. He's there's something wrong with him, man. Seriously, I, just, I think he's he hates just a heroes. Of, he I hates think, heroes. I think he's just a bit of a hack, dude, and like this is the best he can do. You know, it's it's like oh, his hackery is that he hates heroes. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I I really am not. Like, yeah, but but regardless, this was a good issue. I'm giving it seven point five out of ten. Oh yeah, I agree with that score. That's a good score. Oh, yeah. oh, I I concur. Now I must admit, Rich, I I forgot that I put the patch book in. Did you read this one? I did. It was the final issue. Of How was the it? Mini series. It was good. It was good. Lots of action in it. Really good art. Um, uh, 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 Patch basically gets his mind wiped at the end of it, so he doesn't have any of the stuff. So. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Cool. So um, yeah. basically, the battle becomes so like he takes so much damage. He sustains mm. so much uh, damage that um, for the the girl to sort of like heal him, mm. um, it's basically going to affect his mind. Okay. All right. Um, and so basically it ends with him like, why the fuck is everyone waving at me? Who are these people and all that? And then uh, <laughs> Tiger Tiger just basically go, you helped a, 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 a family and that's all you need to know. Okay. So he does remember his patch, but just not the incidents of what. No, he just doesn't. He, yeah, he he doesn't quite remember what this adventure was. Which oh, I thought okay. was a very interesting way enough. of like doing this, but then making it that it's. Sort of whitewashing, but he doesn't remember it, kind of thing. Like it's, uh, I thought it was an interesting way of doing that. No, I think it's a good way of doing it. Um, and, and it fits into his whole fucking mind fuck of the of what the character is. His brain is so exactly mushed that it, it kind of fits. It, it it goes with that part of his his psyche anyway of his character. So I thought it was a good touch. I love it. Uh, out of ten, Rich. Uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Cool. Then we had, um, and so next week I will put in the notes that we'll do the next Just League. I think it'll be Just 139. Yeah. Mm. Um, Then we had my choice, Predator Big Game. 
um, which was actually Ray uh, from Into the Night and Last Sons of Krypton. I because Ray and I we chat all the time, and I said Ray recommend me a Predator comic book story that is not Concrete Jungle because I've read that a couple of times, and um, and not Bad Blood, which was a serial killer one which I just read, and he he said Big Game, loved it. I think this is one of my. It's it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's it's barely over a hundred pages. Native American um, uh, military guy uh, versing a vicious predator, the big game predator. Great artwork, Rich. Love the artwork. I thought it was so detailed, so gruesome and grisly. Um, and as uh, you know, the story moved along at a fast pace. But I, I was entranced by the artwork. I wanted to get your view because. As the artist here, what did you think of this art style? Um, so, as, as surprised to no one who listens to the show, I completely disagree with everything you just said. Oh, oh okay. Well, <laughs> not a surprise, but why? I thought the story was subpar. I thought the <laughs> art was terrible. Oh, dear, really? Um, yeah, it's, this was not a fun read for me. I And I guess the problem for me, story-wise, and there's nothing, there's nothing really about the art other than I thought it was very schlocky. Um, very, very inconsistent, very all over the place. Um, so you weren't a fan, basically. <laughs> no, I was not a fan of the of the art. Um, but the problem I had is that um, I had pictured a um. So when I was reading the first issue, yeah. Um, didn't have a problem with the first issue. It's just that I, my brain, yeah, thought the story was going to go in a, in a much better, right, uh, uh, uh direction. And so it didn't, and therefore I guess I was just even more disappointed with the story because when so the first issue is um, that they um, the predator comes, and for some reason the predator just fucking slaughters animals for no reason, uh, even just like hogs or pigs that are just. Well, some of the predators are pretty vicious, man. This was a vicious. Yeah, one. yeah, but I just again that was just odd. But anyway, moving past that, <laughs> um, when they um, when he kills the one soldier and the other one escapes. Yeah. And um, and then he finds out that uh, the the other group of the soldiers discover the spaceship, uh-huh. right? And they're taking the spaceship to the base. My brain was just like, oh my god, this is gonna be so cool! The predator is gonna go get his spaceship back, and it's gonna be a whole army base against the predator, yeah. and he's just gonna be going mowing through this army base and. And, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and again, the, the the native guy soldier, he could have still been the hero and all that. And what would have been really cool is if maybe when they defeat the Predator, he sets the bomb off for the, the thing and he actually destroys the whole base and everyone on it. Uh-huh. And so he technically wins in the end. And that was where I thought, you know, my brain was like, oh, oh, this is where the stories go. This is going to be fucking awesome. I'm going to see the Predator take on a whole army base. Yeah, he's going to go like he ham. Just, he and, just blew it up, though. And then, yeah, and then, yeah, you know, like destroys the army base and that doesn't bring more soldiers. Like the like the government doesn't be like, hey, some fucking nuclear bomb just went off and bringing the entire like army to that area. <laughs> and like, and then, you know, like the, I don't know. I just, I was, I was genuinely disappointed in the story and, and where it went. I just thought it could have been better. It was very simple, but what kept drawing me into it was I loved the rawness of, and the primal nature of this predator. Um, I'd read Bad Blood recently with the serial killer predator who's kind of taken down by the enforcer police predators and thought that was really cool. But I love this one. Was He was just a full-on hunter. Um, he was really a, a, he was a really an out-of-the-box predator, this guy. This guy was not playing by any rules 
or anything. Yeah, he was definitely like he to, to me. He's like a he. He reminded me of the the, the rich people mm. who w w when they go to like hunting, they just shoot everything and anything. Yeah, like they're not real hunters. That's kind of what I, the vibe I got. He's just fucking shooting everything. Like, he was crazy, like, hey. man. He he was nuts. Oh, look, like, oh, what's that? Oh, a little piggy. Boom, dead. What's that? A sheep. Boom, dead. I'm just like, dude. Like you're supposed to be hunting dangerous fucking you know not just fucking willy-nilly shooting everything that you see yeah i know there was a yeah it was it was intense um the artwork was inconsistent uh in terms of the character models at times that the face of the lead character changed a lot you know yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. i i noticed i'm no art critic but i noticed that the consistency in the facial drawing of that lead guy, he changed several times to look quite different. In If you did a side-by-side -side panel progression, there were times when he looked quite different. There were times when he was on model, but there were times when he was way off model, um, which is an amateur kind of thing. Would you agree, Rich? That's kind of a beginner's... It's like I yeah. assume thing in, yeah. in, in, um, in comics. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with the artist, but uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. I did like... I will say I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a six point five, and the thing that really saved it for me was how much I liked the artwork of the Predator and the Predator without his mask. I thought he did that really quite well. That was his strength. That was probably the yeah. I mean, because you can get away with that because it's not human. So you you and and any little bit of inconsistency is a bit harder to tell. Yeah, unless you're like really going to go look at all the details. So yeah, that was probably he probably did the the predator the best, but he didn't do the the humans very like uh, very consistently. Yeah. So you had some issues, Rich. I had some. That's fair enough, man. Um, I'm giving it 6.5 out of 10. And thank you to Ray for recommending because I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, I kind of anticipated you would have a different reaction to the art especially. But, I mean, I enjoyed it and I liked seeing the big game Predator and I'd like to have him on my shelf next to Concrete Jungle Predator and some of the Aliens versus Predator figures. I would like the big game Predator there with the bad blood guy as well because I think they'd get on the big game Predator and the bad blood guy, kind of like two crazies together, you know what I mean? like two nutbags, basically, on the same ship. Um, they did. I can imagine them fighting with each other and they're sharing a few drinks and, like, it would be a kind of yin and yang kind of thing. It would be an intense kind of uh, bond they would have. Um, 6.5, what are you giving it, Rich? Five. Five, fair enough, Rich. Have you got next week's book planned or, you know, have you got anything in your in your minds or you want to look I at was that? Thinking of maybe doing the Campbells, but I'll have a think and see if there's something else I want right. to pick. What's the Campbells? Uh, so, you know, I've been looking into a lot of, like, French comics at the moment. It's oh, basically yeah. a, a pirate swashbuckler. Oh, okay. Um, well, that sounds all right. Yeah, but done in a, a bit of a, a cartoony style. Okay. Well, you're not locked into that, but that's what you're thinking, yeah? Yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards. But I, if, if something better pops into my head in the next day or two, I will... Uh, Last, family you know. Last Family of Krypton. Last Family of Krypton. Three-parter by Kerry Bates. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Do you like my helpful suggestions, Rich? They're often very tailored towards what I like. You know, <laughs> I will. I will agree that they are suggestions. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're helpful. What a surprise! Dave pulls out some Bronze Age Superman <laughs> by Kerry Bates. 
Um, all right. Well, look, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Uh, we've obviously got the Chuck Dixon interview coming up this week, which we're really looking forward to. If you have questions for Chuck, look, please just message me on Facebook directly. Um, you can do that. Um, you can also message the show, but you can directly message me on Facebook. That's fine. Um, I, you know, and I will ask those questions to Chuck, who's excited to come on again. Um, I do want to say, please give us a like on the Facebook page, Signal of Doom. Um, if you could, if you could give us a five star review on iTunes, it does mean the world, and is very much appreciated by myself. And obviously, the Patreon Patreon feed, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom for as little as one dollar per month, you can be get exclusive content. Me and Dean are going to do another Cinema of Doom soon. Rich and I have got one planned coming up. Um, and as well, you can participate in this game that we've started now, which we're going to come up with a name for. So far, I've got Dave's Cavalcade of Stars. That's what I've got, Rich, but I'm not happy with that. So it's a work in progress. Um, you had Not the Fugitive, <laughs> which I actually like as a game name. It's actually a good name, Not the Fugitive. Um, so far, I think Not the Fugitive is winning. Um, we're on one point all, all, aren't we, Rich? We both got it. Correct. Well, we both have a point. Yes, we both have a point. Yeah, that's right. I, 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 I broke the rules before they were rules. So now there've been rules put in place to stop it doing exactly what I did. So that's that's over. So there's no way in hell I would have got your guess. You know, make it easy. Make it easier for me, Rich. I'm not. You know, I'm I'm struggling. Like I would not have got your guess in a million years. I can tell you that much right now. Well. That's but that's the thing. Like you've just come up with a game, so we have to, we've got to try and decide. Like, um, you know, because that's why I said to you, like when I said when you said this game, I said, "Well, am I supposed to pick something that means something to me? Am I supposed to just pick something that I watched recently? Am I supposed to like, am I supposed to make it as hard as possible and pick the most obscure movie? Like, what what's the rules? What's the as usual? I haven't come up with a lot of lot of rules. I've come up with a very free form kind of style of game, <laughs> which I think I'm going to struggle this is, at. Well, I was going to say, I, I feel like every week we're just going to create new rules as we as we go. Oh well, well, so be it, man. I like we've 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 we've. I think this this week has shown that I care very little about society and people out there, people out there on drugs and gambling addicts. So, uh, you, you've, I mean, people often would say, Rich, you know. He talks tough, has a hard line, but you sh- you've shown more compassion this week than I have shown. I'm, I'm a sh- very compassionate person. I'm not. I'm not. I've, I can tell you, I'm not. I, I have. I have a limited amount that I spend wisely. You know? I will say. Okay, I will say this. I'm a very, very. I am a very compassionate person. I'm a very empathetic oh, person. But, really? but, I have no time for people that ruin my favorite hobbies. Right. Okay. Would you say I'm that? Very- I have no compassion for that. I that I am cruel. I- and petty and vindictive and spiteful. <laughs> well, am I ever a compassionate and empathetic person? <laughs> um, hmm. I'm not sure how you want me to answer that question. I don't really care. Um, yeah, but, like, I, I'm also petty and vindictful about, like, whatever it was you were saying, people are ruining hobbies. I, I don't care about The thing with me is I don't care that much. I'm like, you can stick some stones or break my bones, words will never hurt me. You know, I'm sort of like, oh well, your opinion's out there. It's radical. It's crazy, but you know what? It's not. It's not touching my fortress. As far as I'm concerned, it's irrelevant. <laughs> Fair you know, I, if I had the power um, to send around like you know, sort of cops to beat up people who disagree with me, I would. You know what I mean? Like because 
it would be a nice way of sort of instituting sort of a sort of lawful society I would like to see. But I don't have that power. So I don't send people around to punish those who disagree with me. But if I had the power, I would, you know, if someone. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't make you sound like a good guy, Dave. <laughs> it's not compassionate. <laughs> it's not compassionate. It's not compassionate to say I would do something bad if I had the power. <laughs> oh, well, well, what can I say? Let, let it burn, man. Let the fucker burn down, you know, and re- we'll rebuild. I've said it before on the signal. I think episode one. It will end up with tanks in the streets. You know what I mean? The com- oh, yes. the comedian man. Like what happened to the American Dream? And he shoots the the protester. You're living it. We're in it. That's- sometimes I want to. Sometimes I want to nickname you uh, David Mao. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Mao. Oh, the Chinese guy. <laughs> Mao Zedong. Is that who you talk about? Yeah. Okay. Well, he wasn't all bad. And his and his pluses and his minuses. He his biggest minus was he's a massive communist, which I'm definitely not. Um, but you know, societal order is a big thing for me, Rich. I wish I had the power because I could really shape it up. You know what I mean? Like I look. I want to make this very clear. I I do have some compassion, but I am all about the solution. So for me, all the drug drug addicts. They, they get shipped to rehab. They take them off the streets. They get rehabbed, you know, turn them around. They become productive members of society. Oh, uh, hang on, hang on, not. hang on, Dave. Hang on. But the question after that, okay, fair enough. Oh, yes, you want to take all the drug addicts, you want to put them in rehab. Great, that's yeah. good, Dave. Yeah, thank you. What are you going to do with the ones that cannot be rehabbed? I was going to say a bullet to the back of the head. Yeah, see, there we go. <laughs> and there's where the compassion ends. That's where the... Yeah, it does. Hey, look, yeah. it's that, hypothetical that's, that's, stuff. That's where you, Well, <laughs> hypothetical unless you had the power, and then it's not hypothetical and it becomes reality. That's it, man. Well, on that cheery note, I want to say thank you to all the listeners and good night. Good night. Great episode, Rich. That was some of our best stuff, man. That was that was hilarious at the end. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm.